Welcome y'all to the Black Hoof Saloon, a Wild West Exodus podcast. Mosey on up to the bar and get yourself a bottle of fire water or a glass of sarsaparilla and listen to some good old yarns about adventures of law dogs, outlaws, and weird creatures. So set a spell, water your ride or your rider, and get ready to tune up your posses. This is the Black Hoof Saloon. Howdy, howdy, buckaroos, cowpokes, greenhorns, all you huckleberries, sidewinders, howdy, rustlers, all you saddle bums, bronco busters, cow punchers, dudes and dudettes, bush rangers, howdy, howdy, all you ropers, and no, we're not talking about the Threes Company, but we're talking about all you card sharks out there. Welcome back to Black Hoof Saloon. This is Eric here, and I am here with Brian and Tom. And, hey guys, happy birthday! <laughs> happy birthday! Happy birthday to you! <laughs> happy birthday to you! Yeah, that's all as far as I'm going with that. Okay. I was expecting a yeehaw from you, Brian. What's that? <laughs> I a was ye- expecting a yeehaw. <laughs> yeehaw! So yes, it is our one year anniversary of the Black Hoof Saloon, and today we got a pretty big show for all you guys out there. So some of the things we're going to be talking about today is we have a big contest reveal a little bit later in the show, as well as me and Brian got together with Stuart and talked a little bit about all stuff Wild West Exodus and new Lost World Exodus, as well as other news and uh, we have just some other things that we wanted to chit-chat about. But uh, before we get into that, how about we talk about our birthday episode and reflect a little bit about the year of recording Black Hoof Saloon. Um, so it was over just over a year ago that the three of us started talking about doing something like this. And let's see, what we, we kind of planned out like what we wanted to do with the show and um we actually did do one recording that never saw the light of day uh it was kind of tough learning at first because you know all three of us never you know we didn't really know too much about the technology of uh recording so you know we had to learn all that technical stuff but uh, sure. uh two of us still don't <laughs> well you guys can get on <laughs> skype and talk to me so um but no i think uh progression over the year i i think we all three of us have improved a little bit uh you know we even though we're sitting here yakking about stuff we all three of us have learned something in the game and i mean it was one of the things that kind of made me want to do it it's like hey maybe i'll learn some something more about the game if i can talk about it whether um you know goofing around or actually trying to help other community members learn about some aspect in the game what what do you guys like about doing the show after a year well for for me this is my way of staying involved in the community uh i find it very hard to find time to play games uh just between work and family schedules and stuff 
I kind of only get to play games really over the summer and then maybe for a month or so over the winter. So uh, I have long droughts where uh, I just can't play games. This is my favorite game out there, and it lets me keep up on what's going on. Uh, lets me keep up on how things work, you know, make sure that I actually still know how to play this game. Uh, <laughs> you know, You're not but, setting uh, up that game against yourself yet and kicking your own ass? Well, you know, you can only kick your own ass so many times. <laughs> uh, you know, so for me, that, that that's the, the big yeah, part here, there. You, you can't find a really good opponent <laughs> it's true it's all true <laughs> so uh you know so for me i i think that's the most important part of it for me uh is just to really kind of stay involved uh during those months where i can't get games in yeah hey, you said your son was getting back into it too right tom a little bit he is, and he has a friend and uh, his friend's dad who who uh, are thinking of picking it up. Okay, uh, and, and they live only you know five minutes away, so I may actually be able to start getting some. Can't get into a store really, but I might be able to start getting some games in. Yeah, uh, you got terrain now. And, and, yeah, have some terrain, and uh, you know it's been a year making progress. I painted a model. Um, <laughs> you know, so everything's trending up. How about you, Brian? Um. Okay, so I really enjoy just talking about Wild with Texas. It doesn't really matter when, where, or how. So I really enjoyed, one, getting to know both of you guys doing this uh, podcast, uh, getting to know some of the community members because there's there's conversations going on outside the podcast based off of people listening to our show. Um, I just really enjoy sharing the game and come up with new ways of getting information out to people. Uh, I, I, I do enjoy how we get to laugh. Yeah, there's, at... there's a lot of moments of laughing that I can't put in the show that uh, listeners know this, that some of the times when we just lose it and I have to cut it or, uh, you know, sometimes I can save it and uh, <laughs> yeah, go up do. in the gag reel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, Kind of going off of that, <laughs> so we sometimes what we do is we do have a, you know kind of loose scripted notes of some of the key points we want to talk about, whether it's uh, you know a topic or one of our segments. But there's been many times where we get off the rails and we end up having outtakes, and some of those outtakes do make it in the show. Uh, I I started doing uh, something that a lot of you guys probably haven't found yet. But after the end credits, after the end music, I put in a bunch of those outtakes of us just goofing or losing it. And I think more times than not, it's because of Tom. Tom usually says something that triggers uh, me and Brian's funny bone that we just lose it. We lose track of what the hell we were talking about. <laughs> it's just we can't stop laughing. Yeah, I, I aim to take the show off the rails. <laughs> everybody, everybody needs to have a purpose. <laughs> Brian knows the game real good. You know, Eric knows how to all the technical stuff. I'm just here to make a mess of things. Yeah, you make it fun for me when I try to keep us on the rail and keep moving. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll have a five-hour show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me started with the Bush Rangers. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'll have to say that one of my favorite things about the show, uh, thinking about it and hearing like what you guys had to say, is I love uh, connecting more with the community. Um, one of the things that I wanted to do uh, with the show was to kind of help bring other players together with the show and create a community. Um, and yeah, that was what, like you said, Brian, I love talking with some of the, the people I never knew before we started doing this. Um, yeah, I got to meet a lot of people on, you know, the, the dark council, uh, just by, you know, you start chatting and commenting and stuff like that. Um, but there's been, especially of late, there's been a lot of new players coming into the game and uh, fairly new players from, you know, a while back that they started listening to the show and commenting on the show. And then, you know, we're starting to talk to them. And I, you know, I got the lucky chance to meet a lot of them at Adepticon. Um, so that I think that's one of my favorite things uh, about doing the show after a year. Um, right. Well, no. you know, right right along with that, with you saying that, I thought one of the kind of funniest, coolest things that happened was when we were at PAX East. Um, someone approached me and they're like, oh, hey, Tom, how you doing? I, I don't even remember who it was who, who introduced themselves. I mean, we had our shirts on and stuff. I was like, oh, hey, how how you doing? You know, pleased to meet you or whatever. Uh, and, and he was like, yeah, I knew who you were. I recognized your voice. Yeah, I was like, I was like, all right, that's weird. It kind of does. <laughs> the first time that happens, it does blow you away because, you know, we don't consider we we just think of ourselves as players that are you know lucky enough to kind of actually record our rambling, and then you guys are you know listening to it and enjoying it, and we do appreciate uh, you guys doing that and giving us feedback because um, we're we're still just blown away by some of the response of us doing uh you know the podcast so how about this guys um so what do you guys feel that you gained from doing the show after a year is there anything different that you can take from doing this talking about this stuff for a year i know how to play the game now <laughs> <laughs> that's because we make you do homework <laughs> sure but i know how to play the game now <laughs> <laughs> Brian, how about you got anything that you uh, think that you gained from doing the show? Um, I, I think I think Tom's right. I, I mean, even though I probably, uh, between you and I, Eric, have had probably more games than Tom, we're learning too. Yeah. You know, um, especially searching for what, are we gonna, what for a new topic and, hey, let's dive into this. Uh, I don't know how many times that we've, we discuss things and people outside like listeners will say, Hey, what about this? And, and we'll have to dive right back in it to either uh, confirm that person's right or confirm that, no, we have it right. And then share it again saying, no, this is actually what we meant. Uh, occasionally we do say things, misspeak or get it, get it wrong. Or uh, they give us new insights to how things could, could work in the game. And I, I, I enjoy that. I, I enjoy learning both sides of the game from all the different angles. I really enjoyed talking about the scenarios a little more. Oh uh, God, yeah, that episode. I think you know, it's like we we knew of the the Badlands, okay, and yeah, they're cool. But, but until we deep dived into it, we didn't realize how cool they were. And 
that that was really neat. So yeah, the I agree with you. The show has forced us to uh, look at the game in a little bit different way, and it kind of reinforces not only just rules but how to play the game. Um, I think that just like the last couple months, my thought process processes for posse building has changed. Um, I'm starting to look at, you know, uh, certain characters in the game's abilities and, you know, thinking about, okay, how can I benefit from this for the most? And, you know, I'm looking at different factions now because I hear other people talking about them more. So, like, factions that I'm just like, yeah, I don't want no part of that. Well, you know, after Adepticon, I came home with factions that I didn't think I was going to ever play. So... (laughs) I, I... and I can't, and I can't say that I feel dirty anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think one of the big things that uh, you know along those lines that I really picked up on, and because uh, I, somewhere along the line, I remember someone posting either in the Discord or in on the Facebook group. You know, why would you ever take, you know, this unit or that unit or why would you use this weapon when you have that weapon? And it came down to it's like, well, because you get a status effect. And, you know, especially when we went through the episode of all the effects and how they change. So, like, if you stun someone now, the next attack becomes lethal, you know, things like that. Um you know, under certain certain in certain situations, uh, it really brings a whole another level of strategy. Where yeah, you're not always just trying to do the most damage you can do. There's there's much deeper strategy to it than that. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, like Brian said, we're still learning too. <laughs> we're 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 you know taking little bits and pieces of listeners and other community members, and I I think that's you know very beneficial you know for everybody because then we're kind of bringing it out to the you know in the open with recording talking about it so how about this let's switch gears a little bit since we're reflecting of the podcast for the last year and i want to talk to you guys about favorite moments so some of these moments in the last 11 episodes uh whether it was a highlight or you know just some fun audio of us you know, screwing around. So uh, outside of outtakes, what is some of your guys' favorite moments uh, that you can think of off the top of your head uh, from our past episodes? Um, I Go ahead, Tom. You got one? Well, I'll, I I would share mine with you, but I'm feeling, feeling a little uh, recalcitrant right oh. now. <laughs> Brian was trying to hold back a laugh there, but yeah. So what, what I think what we're going to do is, so I'm going to go back in some of our past episodes, and I'm going to grab that little snippet, and I'm going to go ahead and drop it in here. And <laughs> so you guys can have a little bit of a... a a Wayback Machine, and listen to some of our finer moments in the show. Yeah. If Friendly Model is base contact with the canine, they can spend an action to try to grab the... The heck is that word? Oh, that word? That's one of them <laughs> highfalutin words, Tom. Highfalutin words? Recalcitrant? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's the, the heck are... it's the dang British Arthurs. 
<laughs> they put in this weird word. All right, so they can try to grab the re. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are we if still on catch that canine? Have I lost? Have I missed something here? <laughs> I'm really not sure how you say that word. Well, let's but just call him. Let's, let's just call him Frisky. Oh, recalcitrant. <laughs> He's a... it's recalcitrant. Come on, guys. I'll call him Frisky. Oh, I didn't attempt <laughs> that one. That's recalcitrant. Okay, That's a real word, man. SAT word for the day. What does that mean? Let <laughs> me go get the official definition for you. Recalcitrant. Listen to, listen to him. He's saying it over and over again. He's saying it well, too. Yeah. It actually sounds like how you're supposed to say it. <laughs> Having an obstinately uncooperative attitude towards authority or discipline. <laughs> A person who obstinately uncooperative <laughs> attitude. So, you mean it, it's ornery? It's ornery. <laughs> it's ornery. That's exactly what that is. Why did they just say so? Because it's the British version. But it's just Britain. It, it's English ornery. They just Britain dog. So we'd call him ornery. <laughs> okay, so. This is going to be fun model. to edit. <laughs> Wait, wait, you're going to edit this? This is gold. That's pretty, that's gold. (laughs) All right, so let's try that again. If a friendly model is base contact with the canine, they can spin an an action to try to grab the ornery canine. (laughs) The friendly model makes a strike action with a pierce three penalty. (laughs) You're going to try to grab that recalcitrant canine. Okay. (laughs) Ornery. I've replaced that word with Henri. <laughs> say, come on, guys, say it with me. Recalcitrant. Henri. Recalcitrant. <laughs> I'm not even going to try because I know, yeah. Recalcitrant. There you go. There you go. You pronounce it. I've said it enough that I heard it. <laughs> On a success, the canine is brought down and deactivated. Remove the canine from the area of play. And the player earns two VPs. On a failure, the canine makes a single automatic hit on the model with a Pierce 4. As it rips off a sensitive area with its teeth, (laughs) it then scatters D10 inches in a random direction again. You can shoot the canine, but no VPs are earned if it is destroyed. Damn. Man, you're going to take a bite. Yeah, as, as a mailman, this one scares me. (laughs) <laughs> the, the postman revenge yeah literally recalcitrant recalcitrant <laughs> uh, you got your UR30 <laughs> telling us what it means that, that's the new uh, fembot version of the UR30 <laughs> All right, we got we got one more peril to get through before we even get to the scenarios. So, yeah, that was uh, Tom being uh, uh, honorary and giving both me and Brian a hard time, and 
<laughs> These are one of those fine moments where Tom likes to get us off the rails and just throw us a curveball. <laughs> so, hey, man, re- reading is fundamental. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get a we're gonna get a model of Tom Kinney sooner or later in the game with that that big old book throwing it at people. <laughs> so I think for me, uh, one of the highlights for the show, and then there's many, but the one that really sticks out on my head. And actually when I was talking to Mary about this, this was the first thing she thought of because she laughed her ass off after I edited this together. But it has to be when Tom, me and you were giving Brian a hard time because he was doing what he's doing right now, he was very into what he was working on at his painting desk, and we were trying to get his attention, so we just started ribbing him, and we kept digging and digging and digging, and <laughs> we were giving him a hard time about making him a vest made out of rhinestones. <laughs> and in the actual published episode, I edited in some music to it, so let's give that one a listen. <laughs> <laughs> and listen to me and Tom giving Brian a hard time. Oh, yeah, because we want him to be bedazzled. <laughs> <laughs> hands in a sequin jacket that'd be awesome at a tournament a sequence <laughs> jacket for brian or you know brian always wears his his vest at the the appearances and stuff no Put it's sequence yeah sequin vest brian he'll definitely yeah, okay, be so able we, to find we where we're Depton playing next year and you know we get the team back together um y'all better not have a sequin vest <laughs> we'll have one and you'll wear it <laughs> Hey, Tom already said he still has, you know, the little black cowboy kid hats that are like, you know, three times one left. <laughs> too small for your head. So it just fits on the top of your head. Yeah, I'll just bring my own hat. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get a bedazzler for it. It'll be it'll be great. <laughs> Mary's into crafting now. I'm sure she has something like that. <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know. Brian's not looking too happy right no, now. No, <laughs> no, he's not. I think in that case, the new nickname would be Rhinestone Cowboy. The lights are shining on me Like a rhinestone cowboy Riding out on a horse in a star-spangled rodeo Like a rhinestone Anyway, oh, we'll, nice. <laughs> we better leave Brian alone. He's going to hit us both. <laughs> I'm over here trying to paint eyebrows, and you guys are jacking me. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So that, now that you've heard it, uh, I'll give you some insight. I didn't think y'all were giving me a hard time. <laughs> Well, it took a while to get your attention, so we had to go to extremes. Yeah, Brian's, Brian's just in there. He's like, why? I have that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Standard issue here in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a common theme. Like people from uh, out of the state will visit and like ask, 
well, where's your horse? <laughs> you know, I left it at I the rodeo. In, <laughs> I live in the fourth largest city in the nation. <laughs> Not everyone has a horse. <laughs> so, Brian, what was your... Can you think of a favorite highlight or goofing around that we did out of the episodes? Oh, well, let's see. Um, uh, most of the goofing, I think, centers around uh, mispronunciation of words. <laughs> and I'm it, getting better. <laughs> it's not just me. So me and Eric would literally, we'll like say a word and then we just butcher it and Tom will be correcting us. <laughs> and... Uh, but it was like, I think prodigious. Yeah, prodigious. Like, See, I'm getting better. Prodigious. Half a year. Just half a year to get it close. Did. I think I was practicing in my car when I was driving places. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom, what's prodigious? Prodigious. That was that word, Eric. <laughs> now you want me to say it, huh? Prodigious. Prodigious? <laughs> prodigious. What does prodigious do, Tom? Prodigious. Was that that new Greek model? <laughs> Tournament, they're going to give these out to people. But real quick, so they have Best Painted, which has our favorite word tagged to it prodigious did i say it right brian i think i screwed it up again didn't i (laughs) that was close enough (laughs) close enough for a wild west game (laughs) so but we are getting a dark nation posse am i gonna let's see if i can butcher this one wakasani dark nation (laughs) did i say it right or i butcher it um it's close enough close enough faction stuff like that is uh wakasanti's theme posse Got I'm glad you up. said that. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Was looking over her stuff, and I'm like, well, she brings, you know, Carpathia gin that many of the enlightened are known for. We saw some outlaw stuff. So we saw some of the, the Mexican Golden Army, the Bloody Espen. I can never say it, Brian. <laughs> Espinosa. Espinosa. See, I can say it when you say it, Espinosa. Well, you do kind of live in near Chicago. Yeah. But yeah, I have always had that kind of, you know, I, I, I'll pronounce it the way I see the words, the letters, and I, my brother used to tease me about it all the time. We'll be reading the same book and. <laughs> pronouns are the worst and i'll i'll pronounce the name of a character and he'd be like dude that's totally not the name of that character and i'm like what are you talking about that's the those are the letters that sounds he goes no that's not how they say the name i'm like oh, okay well i'm not supposed to know it's it's written text <laughs> well i i will i will have to say this brian um and you know because i listen to the shows after we release them just to make sure i didn't goof something up and if anybody has ever heard themselves talk, most people don't like listening to themselves talk. And I, I really don't. And yet here I edit the show 
<laughs> and I I have noticed that you know everybody has a speech pattern, um, and I notice mine sometimes change, uh, and I blame you, Brian. I do have a little bit of a twang, and when you get going and you get you get amped up sometimes, and it gets me going, and even Mary has told me that she's like, yeah, that's kind of infectious, and you start sounding a you know a little more twangy. And I'm like, that's because Brian's getting me all amped up. He's all amped up. We're feeding off of each other. And then neither one of us can pronounce anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Eric, just, you know, as a side note to that, I love hearing myself talk. <laughs> yeah, because you say all the words, Purdy. <laughs> Someone's got to. Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So it's kind of like Tom's a hall monitor. Yeah, except I, I always forget to take myself off mute. <laughs> oh, God. How did I forget that, Brian? How many <laughs> times have we been talking, and we sometimes we have the video going, and we see we see Tom's mouth moving and his hands moving. He's talking about something really good, but we can't hear him, <laughs> and I have to yell at him. Tom, take your thing off the mute. And sometimes I cut it out, but I think after a while I started leaving it in the show. <laughs> and then listeners started. Yeah. We start getting feedback about it. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that not, would teach not, them. And not, not even feedback, just like in the middle of it. And oh, by the way, tell Tom to get off of mute. <laughs> <laughs> back for another episode of fun in the saloon i have with me tom out on the east coast say hello tom where did tom go <laughs> oh crap i had my thing muted i, I even you got a yeehaw out of me oh <laughs> do it again do it again i can edit what when you go hey tom i go yeehaw <laughs> there's tom but that's my runner-up. So why don't we go ahead and go to our top of the list, so our number ones. Tom, you start us off with your number one. <laughs> wow. Tom, you're out of mute. Damn it. <laughs> I might have to leave that in. I thought I thought I thought Brian was our number one. You switched the order. You can't switch the order. That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works. I'm, I'm keeping you on your toes. On your face, you were like blah blah blah. <laughs> you know what you were talking about. <laughs> oh my god! Why do I run without a camera? <laughs> what? <laughs> Look into my eye. <laughs> You're supposed to pull it down. Look into, Look my, into my eye. eye. Um, so am I doing my number one or is Brian? Brian, go for it. He's number one in our hearts. Number one in our hearts. <laughs> but you guys got anything kind of similar like that? I mean, I know we've had lots of experiences on the table. Uh, any memorable experiences? Tom, I think you're on mute. 
Like, damn it, I'm always on mute. <laughs> I see your lips moving, but nothing was coming out. Um, Both me and Tom signed up for the tournament. Tom, I think, is going to be there. Tom, are you going for sure or not? Tom, you're on mute. <laughs> see, Tom's I didn't have mute. a mute before. You, you, you got the Muppet show, and now, then I mute, mute it, and I don't get to talk. Uh, I'm about 90%. I'll probably be there. At least we're not doing these live yet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe eventually. <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants to listen to that, but I'd be surprised, too. So, uh, but yeah, so there, there's a little bit of reflection of doing the Black Hoof Saloon over the past year. Uh, we really hope you guys enjoy hearing our nonsense and us getting on and goofing around. Um, you know, we've, we spent the last year trying to, you know, give you guys a little bit of some education and, you know, learn about the game. Uh, we've been learning with you, as Brian said, you know, it kind of forces us to kind of look at stuff a little bit different and, um, you know, we appreciate all you guys, uh, taking the time to listen to anything that could be from an hour and a half to, us stretching out to two hours. Uh, I, I still am amazed that, you know, we, we read messages of people saying thank you and keep up the good work. And that really means a lot. That means what we're doing is reaching you guys. And it's appreciated that you guys are taking the time to listen to us babble. Um, and I don't know, let's, I guess, look forward to keep keeping, keep going with the show and who knows how long we can find subjects to to yak about we try to entertain you guys too when we're yakking about this stuff and uh, uh a lot of times that's us just goofing around so but that's us being us thanks guys for listening to the show and uh you guys got anything more you guys want to add to our reflection here on the show yeah um just with what you just said if anybody has any suggestions for topics they'd like to hear or would like a more in-depth uh you know talk about things that maybe we scratched the surface on let us know um you know it, it, it helps to you know have a focus for the show to have a topic for the show so send in your feedback yeah definitely we do appreciate that and we do take that to heart uh you know we want to do what you guys want to listen to not what we want to babble about we try to, you know, the three of us talk about what would be a good subject. And I think we pretty much come up with some good topics for everybody to listen to. And, you know, some of the stuff that we've come up with has been actually suggestions from you guys. So keep it up. Brian, anything for closing on uh, reflecting of a year of Black Hoof Saloon? Um, Like I said, I, I really like the, the dialogue we have with the community. So, um... I want I want to hear what you guys I want I want to hear what the community's uh favorite moments were. Uh so uh comment on any of our uh our multimedias. So, you know, just throw up a comment somewhere giving us a uh you know, your favorite moment. And uh <laughs> there's probably a lot we forgot about. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and of course, we I know there's a lot of funny things that never made it to tape. So, <laughs> yeah 
Because we'll be done laughing about it, and Eric will go, yeah, I can't put that in. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> then there, there's also the stuff that uh, we talk about before the record button is actually hit, oh, too. Oh, so. <laughs> damn, I need that bag of ice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to go ahead and move on from our little intro here of reflecting of our one-year anniversary of Black Hoof Saloon, and we hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show and what we got planned for you. So let's go ahead and go into our first main topic today, where we're going to talk about uh, synergies in list building and talk about how we look at it, and you know, we're just going to deep dive into it. So let's get to it. All right, so here's the segment. It's uh, We're going to expand on list building over the years since we've done all of the episodes. One of our most referred to episodes for new players is uh, episode two when we did list building. That episode, we each brought in a different way of building a list. And it was just the mechanics of how, you know, the rules. And then we showed you examples of what a list looks like. We didn't actually talk about how the determination of what you bring for the slots was. So this this conversation you're going to hear us go over is going to be more about the why. You know, why are we bringing so-and-so over someone else? So stay tuned. Listen in. Uh, some of you who like to take notes, get your pen out. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to discuss you know, the why we make choices during list building. So, uh, so Eric, okay. What, what do you have for list that we're going to dive into? Wouldn't, wouldn't like we're list building. Some of the things that you want to look at is kind of how the different units go together. They create some kind of synergy or, you know, maybe they give you, you know, they buff out a, an ability of somebody else. So that's kind of something to think about and look at when you're when you're doing this, and you know, you're you're making decisions. So why am I going to take this person? So uh, I have a list that I ran at Adepticon, and what I'll do is so we kind of want to just give you guys a little bit of an example of how we do this, why we're doing this, and so the list that I took is um, it's an outlaw list that I ended up putting in uh, not just Jesse James, but legendary Jesse James. Now, the decision of why legendary over his regular model, pretty simple. I wanted the more fortune. So (laughs) not too complicated there. Um, But his stats are a little bit higher. Uh, He's got maybe a little bit different abilities. Like one of his abilities is he has Sikkim. So... You know, I look at that ability and I think about, okay, how can I use this? Of course, you throw in some dogs, whether the, they're the gun dogs or the attack dogs. Um, so then it's like, I'm going to put that, keep those dogs next to him. I can benefit off of them. After Jesse goes, I can do, I can basically activate the dogs right after he's done. So that's a, a quick example of, of why I would do that. And, you know, you look at the slots and you kind of, you know, 
in our previous episode, we were just talking about, you know, you go to the next one. This is the unit you can put in there. And looking deeper into it, so let me go ahead and spread these cards out so I can read them, and I'll, I can easily go over them then. What I did is it's basically it's Outlaw Posse. It's a double boss posse. So we got Legendary Jesse, and then I put some Raider gunmen in there. So the gunmen are filling up a slot that says I can have a Mercenary Hands unit. So I put in the the Raider gunmen, not so much because they're ranged, but my thought behind the process was to protect Jesse. So they're basically meant to just be meat shields, and if somebody's shooting at Jesse, he can, you know, say, take one for the team and nominate one of these schlubs next to him, and then they can take the hit. You know, they're a cheap unit, so they're not going to be expensive, and then they do have a little bit of versatility that I can use them if I have to, you know, shoot something or, you know, use them to uh, obtain an objective. Like I can throw them in a building on higher ground and they can just sit in the building and, you know, I don't have to worry about them. Oh, they, I got to I got to go after this guy with these guys. So a lot of these choices, you got to think about what can I do with this unit and you want to kind of cover your bases, have some kind of diversity, ver, bleh, can't talk today, diversity in <laughs> your posse build. We were just talking about this, too, how me and you can't talk, and I'm already losing right. it. <laughs> and, and remarkably, Tom didn't mention it, so he <clears> must have <throat> muted himself. He, yeah, he probably muted himself. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on in my list. Pronounce things better. I'll, I'll try. <laughs> Probably too much coffee doesn't help. Um, so next, then I put Slain in there. So Slain's kind of an easy pick. He's got the, the nasty weapon in the game with the minus four pierce, the ammo clip. He's just he's a scary model. And I'll admit, I put him in there because he draws a lot of attention. So while he's on one end of the board, well, some of my posse on the other end can be achieving other objectives. So, it, I mean, that's kind of simple. He draws attention. And so, meanwhile, on the other side of the board, I have units like Nakano, who's fast. She is a hands-killing machine. Uh, just the fact that she can, you know, go through units of hands doing those second attacks for just, you know, one less action point. But the main reason I put her in there is because of her giving you an extra adventure card. Um, now, there's another character in this posse that I put in there that can do it. I don't benefit from both of them, but it gives me a backup. So I have two people that will give me an extra adventure card. If one of them dies, well, I still have the other guy. Next, I put gun dogs in there. And like I mentioned earlier, the gun dogs really work well with Jesse if I have them by Jesse. After he goes, he can trigger them with the Sikkim rule. And then I said it was a double boss list. Well, who do I want to put in here? I put Marcus in here. Not just Marcus on his on his feet, I put him on a bike. <laughs> so so now he's really fast. He can shoot into melee with his peacemaker that's a minus four 
and he's got Gatling guns. <laughs> so he's just, it's another kind of nasty guy that has a lot of fortune. Unfortunately, anybody that's in his part of the posse can only use that. But, you know, he's, he's, he's just nasty. And then going along with Marcus, I put K-Free. Now, K-Free is in there because, like I mentioned, gun dogs. Uh, I have Marcus on a bike, and K-Free is also on a bike. But, so she's mainly in there because of repair. So if the whole strategy there is what I'm looking at doing is keeping her by the dogs so the dogs can get repair. Or if Marcus is close to her, he can get repair because he's on a machine. He's on the bike. Uh, so that's kind of how I went through this list building. Uh, I, you know, there was a couple different versions of this. You know, I, I, you know, tried something out. I put a unit in there and said, oh, let's try this. And, uh, you know, I play tested it. Some things didn't work. So then you go back and you tweak it a little bit. Oh, let's try this unit. Cause this unit maybe helps this guy out a little bit more. Uh, or maybe they bring something that your posse was building. You know, this guy can get up to this objective better and hold it better. So that's some of my thought processes of when I'm posse building and my decisions for, you know, making the, this kind of list. Do you have any thoughts on that, Tom? Comment? Let me just take myself off mute first. <laughs> Aha. See, I'm learning. Aha. <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's great. I, I think the things that I particularly like in it is is using Slain, not just, I mean, obviously he's hugely powerful, but using him for misdirection. Oh, yeah. Uh, y- using him as a distraction. I mean, I know I see a minus four on the board. I'm going for it. Yeah, yeah I want that off the board. <laughs> you know, so. Well, um, what a one of my my uh, favorite tricks I use with slain is I I tend to sometimes it depends on the adventure card. So there's a venture card that will give you points if you have a face take one for the team. So there's been times where I'll throw Jesse out there to the wind, and he's kind of just hanging out there and I'm trying to bait somebody to come shoot him. Well, they forget that Slane's right next to him and he's got on the lookout or something like that. So they can target Jesse. I can pay a fortune to take one for the team Slane and then Slane can shoot before they shoot. And, and then, you know, I can claim a victory point. So I'm, yeah, Yeah. I'm doing a lot of misdirection with him and misleading and trying to draw, you know, I rush him up, fairly early so people get concerned right away and then they forget Mm -hmm. oh there's other units here or oh there's marcus over here that's really fast and can zoom up to the you know the other opponents you know deployment zone fast so and that was the other one that i was i really like is that you know marcus on the bike um i think people don't think about mounting characters because they're not available yet you have to kit bash them yourself yeah and that's what i end up having to do with this this posse is i kit bashed marcus and k free with their old versions of the models which you know i had extra ones sitting around so i didn't mind cutting them up right and so i I think people forget that you can mount a lot of different characters in this game yeah um and and i think that that's uh a pretty awesome thing that you did there i mean now 
one of the things that I did have to decide on with that is, um, so when he's like Marcus is mounted and Kfree's mounted, they don't have Quick and the Dead anymore being mounted. But what they do have is if they moved, they get moving target. So, you know, yeah, I'm losing something, but what am I gaining? That's another thing to think about when you're making your decisions of who do I put in this slot in your posse. Yep. Yeah. One of the things you, you, you left, you didn't mention when you uh, added Marcus to this, this army was uh, you mentioned Nakano Gozen's treasure hunter, yes. but you didn't mention Marcus wayward also has treasure hunter. Yes, so that's right. So Marcus me, is the other one that has it. He's my backup. Yeah. <laughs> or so Nakano's he, my he, backup. Right. So you, you, you did, you definitely, you layered those extra cards that, you know, which is nice. You kind of, you know, built your own synergy uh, by those choices. So it's pretty nice. I mean, like I said, it did have some trials. So, you know, I had, I think at one point I had more of those hands in there, but then I was like, but I want one more dog. And then I think the dogs went through, do I take a bunch of Gatlings or do I diversify? And I ended up putting, uh, keeping two of them as flamethrowers and then two of them as Gatling guns. So to give me a variety on based on the situation. Yeah, I got gun dogs. I can go guns blazing at somebody in a building, but those flamethrowers are a lot more effective when you can engulf that entire building and everybody in there takes that hit. Um, yeah, it's fun. It's, you know, the when you look at posse building this way, it's kind of a game inside the game. And I know there's a lot of, the people out there that list building sometimes is more fun than actually, you know, playing the game because of the possibilities of what you can do. Well, the game's still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> All right. Who, who's got some, some more insights into this kind of thinking for posse building and deciding why you would take somebody? Um, well, I'll go next, I guess, because I did build out, also for Adepticon, uh, a list to play. Even though in the end I ended up not being able to go, I did have to actually prepare for it. So <laughs> You painted um, a model! <laughs> I painted a model and everything. God! <laughs> I, feel so, I feel so ripped off now that I couldn't get to go just because of that. <laughs> um, so this was an interesting exercise because I knew going in I was going to play Lawman. Uh, that's my main faction it's i have basically the majority of the faction owned and built and painted so i kind of knew that going in ahead of time i was looking at the different bosses and originally i thought i was going to go with a wider bled posse and the more i played around with it i found i didn't like how his posses fell out and i actually ended up going with armor justice which i didn't expect because when armor justice came out i was like ah i don't like that i don't want to play that i don't want to have anything to do with that uh until i actually really started playing around with the list building for it and it got more interesting for me first off when i build a posse i'm almost always going to go with a themed posse um i care less whether i'm going to win or lose and more just about having some fun with it yeah definitely um, more fun that way Yep, and I just I just feel they're more thematic, and yes, I can mix and match a little easier with the uh, non-themed posses, but I, I just don't find that as interesting. So, 
I decided to go with uh, Armored Justice, so I started off with uh, Legendary Morgan Earp. The reason I went with the Legendary is uh, Suspenders McGee is just underwhelming to me. Uh, there's there's really very little about him that I like. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. Hey, so don't I had knock to get... Suspenders. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah, he's got to hold his iron pants up. Great. So, so I went with the legendary version. There were a number of reasons why I went with that with him. You know, other than the fact that I don't like the uh, non-legendary version of him. Um, he's got the Gatling gun built in, which is very nice. Uh, he's got the Liberty Gatling gun, but. Another important piece there to me is one he's he's got he's very durable he's a, an incredibly durable character he's he's going to be around for a while and he has the electro net launcher and I'll get to why that's important because that'll be the last slot that I deal with in the building of this but just keep in mind he's got the electro net launcher that drags it tangles. Um, and Tangle basically uh, puts, uh, what is it, Disorient and Stun on them, I believe? I forget which one exactly. So that's why he's there. After that, I started looking at what units are actually available. So the way Armored Justice works is slot one is Lawman Automata unit. Automata. God, I can never say that right. Automata. Thank you. Um <laughs> And we didn't correct you. Well, because you knew I would correct myself. <laughs> correct. He corrected <laughs> himself. <laughs> um, but that's the same thing for the first three units. Uh, so the first three bullets in here, you have to take those types of units. And there's a very limited number of units you can look at for that. So the first one I picked was uh, the, UR30, the UR31 uh, C heavy lawbot. This guy's just awesome. <laughs> so his grenade repeater is fantastic. Uh, it's just a very strong weapon. And then obviously he's got, you know, metal durable, uh, because of the bonus of using this theme posse, he's not, they're not tasked. So I can split target fire, uh, with them. So it, it's just a really great unit to have. And it just stays around for a long time. You know, and then with Tin Man, just keep them together, gets plus one grit. And so th the idea of this pot, the, this posse in general is you have very durable units that should probably hang around for a little while. Second slot just went with standard UR-30 law bots. And, sorry, first slot, there was two of those UR-31 bots. Uh, in the second slot, I took five UR-30 bots at 50 points each. They're They're fairly affordable and they just fit in nicely. Same reasons as the heavy law bot. This is it's almost like playing a hands unit. You know, they're not hands, but they kind of take that role uh, in this posse. But again, they've got the Tin Man for the plus one grit. They're durable. Yeah, their weapons aren't great, but, you know, they, they can stun in melee if they need to, you know, which obviously opens up some other options for other characters to follow up with. And they've just got their razor pistols, but I mean, they're, they're taking the place of a hands unit. They are what they are. Uh, they're going to bring some fire to bear. They can use up some rolls, maybe force uh, someone to 
go through their fortune a little bit. So, or, or just stick them somewhere to hold an objective. Um, the next one that I put in there was Black Hoof 2020. When I came across him, I was like, oh, that's, that's nice. I can put him there. Black Hoof 2020 is actually a little underwhelming. Yeah, he's got that minus three piercing weapon, but it's a rate of attack of one. So it's not the greatest thing, but it's not terrible either. It gives you it gives you a little bit of something with Pierce in there, and he is incredibly, incredibly durable. He's got tough. He's got durable. He's got quick in the dead. You know, he's and he's got a grid of six. So he's just around. Yeah, um, he's going to be. He's, hanging he's hard around. to take out. Yeah. So you know, and basically, but he was really filler to uh, take up that slot so I could get to the next slot, which I actually really care about. Uh, <laughs> um, so in the next slot, you could take a lawman automata unit or a lawman support vehicle unit. So I, this is where it gets more fun. I get the support units. So I took a three Ranger Interceptors. Ranger Interceptors to me are one of the best units that Rangers have they're fast they bring strong weapons to bear and they really just give you a little bit of force projection for uh, a posse or for a faction that's actually you know fairly slow you know everyone moves at pretty much a quickness of five so it's a sort of a slow plotting faction and so it gives them a little bit of uh, force projection there so you can get get them wherever they need to go quickly and put a lot of firepower onto something they don't go along with anything. They're, to me, they're just a quick response unit or something that you can send ahead, soften up a target, try to hold something. That's what they're there for. Next bullet, a lawman automata unit or a lawman face unit. This is the only face unit that you can really take in this posse. So I really agonized over this one. I was looking at Nakano Gozen for a while, and that was a completely different setup if I took her because of how the points worked out. But, you know, she's such a melee beast. I felt like she brought something different to this posse, and so I really considered her for a while. But I ended up going with Jed Powell. Um, yeah! <laughs> he, he was originally put in here. Because I was like, oh, I'm sure he synergizes really well with Black Hoof 2020. Well, no, he doesn't at all. So, <laughs> so I was wrong about that. Um, but he does a lot of different things. He can lay about him with his stun batons and, and you know put guys on the ground, which is great for a number of reasons, whether it's some ways to follow up or, again, when I get to the last slot here. He's also got a lasso. Lasso gives tangle and gives drag. Basically, I want that for the same reasons that I wanted Morgan Earp with his Electronet launcher. <clears throat> and with the, with drag, yes, it hap- only happens on a crit, but I can pull, I can reposition uh, characters, and there's a lot of value for that in this particular posse. You know, and he, you know he does Jed things. Jed kind of is a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. He can do a lot of different. Uh, things, you know, you have the things that he can do with looking at the top cards and um, discarding, you know, there's always value in knowing what's coming up. So that's what he's there for. And the reason why I cared so much about the stun and the, and the uh, tangles is the last slot is a Lawman automata unit and, or a Lawman support vehicle unit. 
And as that support vehicle, I am bringing the Judgment. Judgment is a big, scary unit, uh, especially when there's a lot of stun and tangle on the board because of incarceration. For those that don't know, with incarceration, at the end of this unit's activation, D5 plus one stunned or disordered small-based enemy models within eight inches are immediately removed from the play area. If I'm laying about with Morgan and with Jedrick and to a lesser extent with the Lawbots, you know, basically just stunning and, and disordering units, the judgment can just roll in there as long as it's within eight inches and those units are just gone. And, and that is a scary, scary uh, prospect. So that was why I put this together that way. You know, a, a little bit had to do with what I had, painted and ready to go but uh again (laughs) it still counts that really still counts (laughs) um but but i i was really surprised at how this came out i was surprised at the fact that i ended up not using uh canines i didn't use gun dogs i was expecting to have you know units filled with those but i just didn't have the points for it but i i i really the linchpin in this is the judgment sitting in the middle of everything and rolling in behind units that are really worried more about laying about with status effects than uh you know killing things i just want you knocked down so that the judgment can roll in behind you and say okay you're off the board (laughs) (laughs) so and and that that, that's really what the the kind of the entire strategy of this is built around so i i'd like that you know you you picked kind of that one that one bit and you built on that so like it doesn't have to be uh i mean you do have you know diversity in it um but you took a concept and you built on it i think that's a great part about this and it makes it fun like you said you went with the theme posse and you made it fun so it's going to be fun to play and then like the other point point that when you're talking Tom is uh, you're talking about 2020 and you put him in that slot basically because he just fills it um, sometimes you when you're looking at uh, list building and deciding who to take sometimes you have to do that in order to get to that next slot to get that really big unit that you want to put in and there's nothing wrong with that 2020 is still of some kind of value um, he's still gonna draw people's attention. He's still gonna, you know, muck muck things about on the board. So, you know, I think that's something to think about too. Yeah, I mean, he's not useless. You know, he's not garbage, but he's just he's not as robust as you would hope for something of its point cost. I guess is yeah. really what 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 it comes down to. But like you said, I, I needed something to get to that next slot. And um, it just filled it filled in nicely. All right. And, and those of you who have any suggestions to uh, to offer a feedback to what could improve 2020 feedback form for cards is still active on the website. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you sound very hopeful there. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I think if you turned his rifle into a rate of attack of two. Instead of one, it would make and, his point cost make sense. Yeah. Yes, and maybe make hammer hands a piercing 
minus two instead of a piercing minus one because then his forceful strike will actually be of some sort of value because right now the only thing it does is increase the cost of the model because woohoo i'm going to spend my my one and only fortune to take my pierce one to make it into a pierce two uh not not you know that's a little underwhelming not very forceful not at all. Yeah, especially considering every other model that most of the other models that have forceful strike have higher pierce melee weapons. So for him yeah. to have it, I know I, you know that's why his point value is so high. But he can't capitalize off of that ability. No. Uh, so th- there could be some some uh, future uh, upgrades for him. Because frankly, if that was there, all of a sudden he would synergize with Jed pretty well. Yeah. If he could, if he could roll in after Jed knocked a bunch of guys down, and spend his spend his one fortune to increase that piercing from like a minus two to a minus four. Now you're talking. Now, now, you, now you have a reason to spend his only fortune. You, you have a reason for that forceful strike to be there, increasing the point cost. I think that that would be. Well, you also uh, then cause the duo of those two to to be able to take out more than just hands because uh, Jedrick is really good versus hand because the entire unit ends up getting the stun. Right, but then Blackhoof just sort of stares at it and goes, "Well, I guess I'll shoot right. that one guy." <laughs> <laughs> right. There, there. I mean, there's there's always there's a few models, not just with 2020 but there's there's a few tweaks that hopefully feedback for the next card set we'll we'll see some models gain usefulness where they've been kind of stagnant because of the current rule set so yeah i i think just tweak those two little values there just by one and i think he's all of a sudden goes from meh to wow yeah so moving on we may even touch back with some of the stuff because of my my list build so I, I basically play lawmen uh, most of the time. Occasionally dabble in in my uh, my order. Uh, so yeah, my my main themes in Wawa Sexa currently are law and order. These are their stories. Uh, unintended. So <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, but so okay so. Currently, I, I like using Helena Miller. She she brings one. She brings a lot of abilities to the to the posse that she runs. So she has Treasure Hunter. She also has the ability to rearrange the top three cards of either deck, which is really useful when you're planning ahead. So when you're playing chess, knowing what's coming can help. So uh, I use that regularly once i discovered it i i I now look forward to to having her do that at least twice during a game it's expensive but it takes two two action points but very useful especially if she's not in a position to do anything you definitely want to go ahead and just use those points to set up your next your next couple of moves so she also has pistols range 10 with disrupt and it is extremely brutal versus machines and, you know, automatons. 
And that's where she really shines is when she's up against, you know, anything that has machine or robot or something like that. Cause she, she just really hammers them bad with that pistol. It's a rate of rate of attack three, really good pierce. And it just, it's just, I loved the face I made of opponents when they, they have a vehicle and I just, it just evaporates under her barrage, <laughs> you know? So very effective. So when I go from there, I when I first started using the Infernal Investigations posses, I always I went straight up trying to get to that fifth slot of the posse because it triggers um, Prodigious, which gives all of their very focus. good. <laughs> right, there's always applause right before me and Eric said Prodigious. I was I was gonna say you can you can hear him like take a deep breath before saying this. <laughs> Oh, here it comes. <laughs> uh, but it adds plus three versus a plus two. But the biggest thing when I was playing games with that is when you play only faces, you can be out activated and it just it can cause some issues. So I, I kind of started changing the way I build lists to make sure I bring in some hands because they're they're very useful. So when I, I've been playing a lot of it, a thousand games obviously we can play it to 1500 you won't need to worry about that because you can then start bringing in other stuff with the second boss but playing at a thousand what i've done is i go for the lawman faction posse so it changes some things it allows me to bring in some some of my ranger hands and then she picks up jedrick so my last list i used i brought in jedrick and then i brought in uh, uh, a group of the ranger hands and then I switch it up a little and I jump over and I bring in Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves pistols are very good and he has his own, a lot of fortune. So with Jedrick and Elena in their posse, they have, they have five fortune. Well, I bring in Bass Reeves. He's also a very high fortune and then I bring in one more person in his posse, and that is uh, I bring in Nakano Goes. So what that does, it, bring, <laughs> it gives me two treasure hunters, because Lena Mill is also a trainer, a treasure hunter, and then Nakano goes and brings in a treasure hunter. So what I do is I have Nakano follow Jedrick around, so he has a melee beast to follow up you know, all these stuns. But then I also have Bass Reeves, who, between the two of them, they're sharing another huge pool of fortune. So it's pretty good. And, of course, I have the hands, you know, really, because they can lock down targets. You know, they can lock down a building. Uh, yeah. They can lock down those, and it makes them a little harder to, to weed out. And it also gives my Jedrick and the other melee guys to run, really get up in, a, in, in your face. So... Uh, it's a gamble, but it, it seems to work because I will go straight across the board with my melee guys and really uh, harry my opponent uh, rather quickly. Yeah, having all those hands units, it's like something that Tom brought up um, uh, last episode when we were talking about list building for adventures. You're You're building numbers into it, so it's like it's harder for your opponent to deal with you know, like five hands versus one face. 
you know, because, yeah, you can kill them fairly easy and get them off the board, but you got to go through five of them. So they're going to be hanging around there a little bit longer. So that's definitely a good thing to think about when you're list building is, yeah, it, it, you know, they're not really going. I mean, it's kind of like what I, I talked about. The hands are there, not so much for just killing somebody. They're there to right. help you achieve your objectives, whether it's just being pure numbers and being a nuisance or, like I said, just be there to take a shot for your boss, <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. So what, I, what I've done is this list I've built up to 1,500, and a few things change. So when you get to 15, I have a little more flexibility, and that's when I bring in some more diversity. Like uh, Eric just mentioned with the hands, it allows you to be able to uh, tackle objectives a little easier while your faces and your bosses attack your the other side. Then you have some of these faces, uh, these hand units being able to help, you know, tactically secure objectives or uh, other objectives, maybe some victory cards. So what I do is Helena still brings Jedrick first, but in the second slot, the, the second slot enables you to do a couple of things. It allows you to bring a face and a support unit. So what I do is I bring Furio and then two interceptors. And then with Bass Reeves, instead of just Nakanagono, in slot two, he brings Behringer and some Rangers. Okay. So you're really stretching out your, you know, where you can do more with the, all those guys and doing the different objectives and based on what your cards are, you can probably achieve more of those. And yeah. You, you pull in those, you pull in those almighty interceptors, which, which oh. again, gives you some force projection. And, and again, they, they just add flexibility that lets you do some things that, that uh, you can't do otherwise on foot. Right. So, um, We've heard, been hearing about this list for a number of months now. <laughs> as it, you know, as, as you beat up on new players and, and teach them not don't not to mess with you. Um, <laughs> um, I learned a lot from this list actually uh, over the months. Uh, this is one that I this this list is one that I appreciate a lot. It kind of taught me the power of status effects and why you why you don't just go for the jugular every time you roll the dice yeah um because that's a losing proposition really there there's so many ways to keep uh your characters alive in this game yeah you know yeah one wound and you're done you're out but there's there's just a, a good number of ways to mitigate that and uh, at putting status effects on people really makes it harder for them to mitigate those wounds that they take. And, and that, you know, probably that's probably the biggest takeaway that I took from this posse that, that Brian put together is that, Hey, don't just shoot somebody because it doesn't work very often. <laughs> so, uh, you know, really do other things to them first that makes it, harder or impossible for them to mitigate those wounds from somebody else. And and I took that to heart uh, when I was list building. Yeah, you definitely, it, it's this, the, 
the new game is more about achieving those objectives and scoring points and not wiping your opponent off the board. There's, you know, we hear about people that, yeah, I basically wiped out everybody, but I still lost. Probably because the other posse was built to achieve different objectives. You know, they were, it was built to get uh, this objective or, you know, maybe they built it so, okay, this one guy that has a minus four piercing can capitalize on an adventure card and take out the other player's boss or a face or, you know, shoot a hands unit. So that's something to think about, you know, when you're deciding on who do I put in this posse. Well, also the tactical use of some of the card shenanigans abilities. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're huge, but a lot of people look at the cards and only look at what uh, what the glory could do for them or they only look at it for what the guts can give them. I know I uh, my first few games, I was only using cards for for guts. Yeah. And I was re- I realized that that you can get outscored really quickly if all you're all you're paying attention to is the objectives because you know a lot of the objectives they're 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 uneven so if you're on the losing side of the uneven objectives the only way you can compete is to either beat them at those you know objectives like one of them is there's three objectives and so you you know yeah, someone's always going to be on top, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's hard to overturn that. But if you you play the cards, and uh, you know, with Helena and uh, Nakano, you know, so that was that was supply know, run, Brian, with the three objectives in the middle. Run. Yeah, right. So when you have extra cards, that allows you to still use them for for guts when you need to, but it gives you so many more options. To, to really capitalize on obtaining some of the glory. And I remember I, I played, I literally, between like two of my, my activations, I use all the cards. And mind you, this is a thousand point list. So, you know, you're only supposed to have three, but I, I literally use off cards in really quick succession and uh, ended up securing two victory points from cards. But then also objective points from the scenario we were playing and it was like my opponent literally was stunned because i just kept dropping down cards over and over again and then i capped it off was like oh and since i did that i've got two i had two cards for take out a face yeah i have a a local (laughs) player that he pulls that stuff all the time where i don't know how he gets those multiple cards of the same thing and it always right. does it. I'm just like, you son of a... <laughs> kind of like when you play and you have um, Jesse James or uh, Doc Holliday on the table and you, you use Gambler. Yeah. And you pull it off. Now they have no limit. You can just go to town. As long as you have the action points and fortune. And have an extra those extra cards. Yeah. You know... Being able to use those for action points, uh, I mean, it just kind of steamrolls, and you know, there's there's a lot of that kind of tactics that you you know be open to because it can really be good. Like like, so Jedward can look at the top card, right? Well, if Doc is in his group, and I look at the top card, and it's a one, 
Now, most of the time, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to, because his, his ability allows him to discard that. Yeah. Well, now it's like, if I got Doc in the, in the group, yep. I might not. I might let Doc pull that card. Yep. That's, see, that's Knowing something. That uh, the next card is likely not to be another one. Yeah. The odds are in his favor to be able to pull off a, you know, an unlimited run. And especially if you have all these cards in advance knowing, hey, I've got I've got a, a plus two action point. I've got a plus one action point. I have, you know, some other cards that can support him getting a really good run. My boss has all all their their fortune still. And then you, then you can you can just roll through it. Yeah. See, that's very similar. Like with Nakano, one of my uh deciding factors with putting her in my list is she can kind of do the same thing where she can use shrewd strategist and look at the top card of one of the decks and either decide to leave it there or discard it so i can set up jesse so like say it's a one and i haven't activated jesse yet i can leave that one there and if i have a lot of fortune still sitting on him and a lot of cards in my hand i can set him up then through nakano that his next turn I'm going to flip that one and know that, okay, I'm going to gamble, and I'm pretty sure that I am not going to get a one again. Yeah, and that's, you know, because she is such a shrewd strategist. What did I say? (laughs) What did I say? Strategist. I probably said something wrong. I said strategist. Strategist? (laughs) Man, man, man. That's all right. I said automata. <laughs> <laughs> automata you. <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's uh, I think that kind of sums up our, our little discussion here before we get too winded into it. But uh, that's, you know, how we decide and why we decide to put certain units in posse list. And keep in mind, you, you want to kind of play off of each other, each of the units, or, you know, maybe like with Tom's, you know, Tom built kind of a cover all the bases type thing. So that's also another thing that you got to think about when you're looking at list building. You guys got anything else to add to that closing? That wasn't fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) We out. I mean, I I, th- I think that really what you need to do is is play some games and figure out you know what works for you, what what do- doesn't work for you. Figure out your play style, and then start building to support what your play style is. Yep. You know, maybe some people want to go all in on one strategy. You know, other people may want to spread out and and cover all bases. There's not really any right or wrong. There's what works for you. Yep. Well said. So we'll go ahead and get out of here, guys. And uh, I hope that helps you guys in a little bit of list building and gives you stuff to think about when you're starting one of the the posse themes, whether it's just a faction posse or a theme posse, and have some fun with it. It's, It's what it's all about. Hey there guys, at the beginning of the month we had Adepticon 2019 and War Cradle had some big news there with the tease release of a new game, 
Lost World Exodus. At the end of that weekend, me and Brian got to sit down with Stuart to chat about the new game, which can be heard on our sideshow, Black Hoof Saloon Ramblin' Episode 2, which you guys can find in the same feed as all our other episodes of the main show. In the chat, we, of course, had questions for Stuart about Wild West Exodus that we wanted to save for the main show here. And in that chat, we got some insight of the game and what's coming down the line for Wild West Exodus, like... Redacted. And even for some of the factions, like... Redact this. Redact that. So, let's jump into the conversation where we started up with Wild West Exodus and hear what Stuart has to say. Enjoy, guys. All right, so me and Brian wanted to switch gears on you a little bit and go into our beloved Wild West Exodus, and we had questions. So going along with our next card update, uh, what kind of rules or things are you guys at the studio looking at uh, in the next card update for Wild West Exodus? We're just trying to smooth things out in the rule set. It's also about, um, so there's a couple of core rules, uh, not core rules, but there's a couple of uh, rules that have been just kind of reworked um, because they, they weren't they weren't working quite as intended. Okay. Um, uh, so we've, we, we, you know, we're, we're re, rejigging those. Um, there's also um, some future proofing because... There is a shared rule set with Lost World Exodus. There are some things we're doing with Lost World Exodus that will require some of the rules to just be slightly tweaked how they work. Okay. Um, and then there's um, the main thrust of it, though, is to make sure that every unit in the game is interesting and is worth taking. And now we've had a couple. Yeah, we've had a year of seeing what people take, seeing how people play, and we know we've already got. A list of units that need um, maybe other a little bit. It's not necessarily just adding numbers to them or anything. Sometimes it's just well, okay, this this character, this boss, this face or whatever. It's just not, it's not quite it's not quite interesting enough, or there's not there's nothing that you know what was maybe perhaps um, special about this. So, for example, um, Wild Bill Hickok is less interesting a character now than he deserves to be because when he first came out, he had some cool stuff about him, but now we've got quite a few people with sniper rifles and mm-hmm. the other stuff. So let's let's go back to Wild Bill and um, let's really kind of make sure that... Yeah, yeah I think he, it's the Wild Bill, Warren Earp, and Pat are very similar. Yeah. So that that's three that when you look at them, it, who are you going to pick? There's... You know, it's like flip a coin because they're very similar. Yeah. Yeah. So I I can see what you mean. And there's also quite a few of the outlaws that literally they have the same guns. They have the same abilities and looking at them to maybe see what we can do to make them stand out, basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want want every character, I want every unit in the game to be something that somebody seriously looks at and thinks, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, how can I put that into my force or or what have you. It can't just be, well, I want Slain, I want, um, yeah, I want uh, like Bass Reeves or White Earp, I want this guy, I want that guy, and I'll have Creation 7. You know, it can't just be these eight or nine real heavy hitter 
really like, almost like a no-brainer units to include. I'll have Raven Spirit. I'll have Ghost Wolf Legendary. It, it, there needs to be, um, yeah, a, kind of a wider wider range of options for people. So that's what we want at 1.09. Okay. Awesome. All right, Brian. All right, so here's the big one, the big question. Okay, so as a design team, when you sit down and plan out what you're going to throw at the public, so you're creating new boss uh, posse boxes. So yeah. what do you look at to decide on either fleshing out a posse behind an existing boss versus creating a new boss to fill with faces? Like, how do y'all a- approach that decision-making process? Well, there's there's a lot there's a lot less of them now. Um, the existing <laughs> stuff. It's all either been so. Uh, it's like, uh, there are I think about five posse boxes on the way that posse sets on the way that pretty much fill out fill out the range. Um, so the cowboys, the regulators, um, uh, dead or alive, uh, veterans of the or war. Um, they you know they between them have kind of covered most of the uh, most of the outstanding characters that are missing from the. Uh, from the range um but in terms of then when we're creating something new um so like veterans of the or war was interesting so the boss for veterans we knew we wanted a new boss for veterans of the or war we wanted another confederate boss but it needed to be somebody or some a character that was different to what we had had before so uh in this instance i mean it, it, it's not quite a box ticking exercise it's just about what's interesting what so we were we looked at some historical figures and we like okay this is interesting this person's interesting um, I mean the Civil War is interesting anyway because there are most of the leadership of the Civil War are obviously older which means now we're fifteen twenty years down the line mm-hmm. um, or fifteen years down the line it, not only are they older they are they are really quite elderly by the uh, by the term of the, the, the time so uh, uh, it becomes less realistic that so somebody in their 50s who was a commander in the confederacy in, in their 50s now would be well probably dead e- even not of uh, you know not of not of war injuries but actually just of old age yeah yeah right. yeah so i mean even with the enlightened science but then that takes you down a very different route in terms of uh, unit design so we looked at um, we looked at things. Um, the dystopian age isn't our world, so we get to we get to play around with uh, with things. So, for example, we knew that we looked at what was going to be the posse. We looked at these other characters, and it's basically uh, a load of uh, just it's all a load of guys. So we're like, okay, well, it needs to be a woman. Uh, we don't have any Confederate um, women per se, or female Confederate bosses. We have um, Annabelle Hamilton, but she's Really, she's an enlightened boss that has Confederate leanings rather than a proper Confederate boss. But actually, she was too. She never served in the Confederacy. She was too young. She was a child when the uh, when the war was raging. So, um, the yeah. So we knew we wanted a a commander or a. I can't use that word anymore now. We knew we wanted a general <laughs> or a you know, a a major, a senior figure. Who would have served in the Confederate Army during the Civil War, or the Or War, 
and has continued to fight. So almost not quite a female Stonewall Jackson because the story needed to be different, but uh, but certainly somebody of that ilk, some you know person that wasn't giving up, somebody that wasn't going to um, turn you know surrender, or even if she did surrender because she had to, but somebody was going to keep keep the fight going. She doesn't trust the union. She doesn't trust, um, or she believes that the union need to be need to be stopped because they are aggressively and militarily pushing in all directions um, this whole notion of manifest destiny so um, yeah so we came up with this new character and we we had a bit of fun with the name so she's Jubilee Early is her name uh, Jubilee is her first name uh, <laughs> she's Jubilee Early and she is a uh, yeah a confederate um, uh, know, commander with a small c uh, she's a, a confederate uh, leader. We looked at how, I mean, at one point we thought, well, we can't really put her on a bike because, or we can't mount, have her mounted. At one point we were thinking about her being on a black hoof, but um, we've got mounted confederates on the way with um, the uh, Quantrill and his raiders. So we, we, we didn't go there. And in the end we settled on the Terminators and we looked at the, so she's got the, it's not Terminator armor, but she has basically a set of customized, like a, an exoskeleton armor type thing. Um, and the idea being, because again, that ties in with the, so she's a bit elderly, well, she's not elderly, but she's in her 50s. Um, so she would be picking up the odd war injury in that. So having this exo frame and she continues to wear it is a way of kind of offsetting the um, fatigues of old age. And mm-hmm. she to fight so yes so we have this interesting new character uh she'll be on a medium base so again she'll be quite a solid looking figure uh she's got a nice sculpt because i've seen it uh and uh, <laughs> yeah she goes very well I with the re-sculpted slain and everybody else <laughs> all right well how about uh see the next question we got for you is about uh current posse support uh, well, current Brian, how did you word this to me? I can't get it out. <laughs> okay. So, so we've been getting pretty consistent monthly Wallace Exodus releases, and love the spoilers that that really energizes the public quite a bit. So, do encourage keep doing that. That's awesome. Um, but the we kind of get a trend of a posse box, maybe one or two, and then like a su- support box with a a couple, one or two models in it, and then a piece of terrain. Are, are we? Is this kind of like a consistent uh, plan for the Wildwood Texas label? Is to to consistently get that kind of, you know, monthly release. release. We're we're going to do monthly releases, Texas. You're not going to not get a monthly release. You will always get a monthly release from us. Well, I meant I meant like the layout of a box, okay, and then the support so, yeah. models or at, at like- some point. Unless we've got lots of other things to release in that month, you will almost always get a posse box coming out every month. Okay. okay. Um, you're unlikely to get, I mean, I know, I think last year, at one point, we had three posse boxes coming out the same month. That is a rarity. You're likely to get one. Occasionally, you might get two. It depends on what the, uh, on what the release schedule is looking like. Um, and then there'll be some other box sets to kind of support. Uh, they're not necessarily supporting what's come out, um, but they may be uh, to go along with things. 
So, for example, the uh, um, we have a Watchers posse coming out fairly soon, which has uh, the content of two other box sets within it. Um, and so those themselves then come out separately uh, a little later down the line. So there's, yeah, there's a, there's a mix of stuff. Uh, usually if there's, if the posse set is all faces or what have you, then, then we'll usually have, uh, we'll use that as an opportunity to bring out some, um, some sort of like um, other hands or other add-on bits of uh, support or something okay. for other factions. On the other hand, if it comes out with, uh, like we did with the uh, Hour of the Wolf, well, we had the Hunting Wolves could then come out separately, and so did the um, uh, Wayland Spirit Walkers. So, yeah, it, it, it depends on what the, it depends on what the release is as to specifically what comes out alongside it or, or very soon thereafter. But uh, yeah, you will see um, you will see that mix of stuff. Terrain wise, we've got some great terrain coming. Um, we've kind of fleshed out most of Red Oak. To be fair, we've covered most building types we have a, a couple more buildings coming out which kind of fill in some fairly obvious gaps that still aren't in the town so um, okay as we haven't worked out well we haven't established what happens when you die so that needs to be that needs to be covered <laughs> um but uh, yes um we'll do that but there's also other parts of the setting so um you know, what's going on in uh, slightly wetter climes uh, in um, in the Union, where what terrain would be out that way? Okay. Uh, yeah. So there's there, there, there's more to do. Let me know. Uh, I, I, I'm from Louisiana. The the wetter climes. If oh. you need name a name for that town. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I, it, it's not our intention to do a whole town, but certainly because really, yeah. yeah. Um, we we don't want to just do like five or six more buildings in different shape, um, but we there are certain types of terrain that are more unique to different climates that that, that you wouldn't find in the middle of um, the Arizona desert, for example. You would yeah. uh, scrubland. You would there are certain terrain or certain scenic types that. Yeah, we we're going to bring out because I think they they're quite cool, but it'll all be revealed in a few months because I think the first one comes out in um, two three months time. Okay, okay, so plenty of places for us to explore and have adventures in. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. And then the last question we have, and then then we'll uh, we'll tie this all up is what can we expect for each of the Wild West Exodus factions uh, for this year? Uh, what do you mean? Whatever you want to talk about, <laughs> he's fishing here, Stuart. He's fishing. Oh, right. It's like so. Everyone has their favorite faction. So, do you have anything that you want to tease for each of the Wild West Exodus factions? Um, you know. Okay. All right. Or, yeah. Um, all right. I'll buy. I'll buy. I'll give you a little. I'll give, give you a little teaser for each of them. Then. So, <laughs> name a faction, and I'll give you a little teaser for it. Redacted. 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 And redacted. All right. Uh, I think that about does it, Stuart. I think we can let you go unless you had uh, anything else, Brian. Did you have anything else to ask Stuart while we got him on the line? No, I mean, we, he covered everything. Uh, <laughs> you know, I can just come up with more questions, but uh, I don't want to. <laughs> 
keep no. them too long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had a long weekend, Stuart, so we wanted to try and keep this, keep this short. And it, it was it was a very good weekend, I think, overall. And uh, But uh, we wanted to thank you for jumping on since you were over on this side of the world with us. And we you know, figure it's a good opportunity to get you on in kind of our 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 time zone, you know, is somebody's not <laughs> and uh and we appreciate you coming on and talking a little bit about uh the, you know your big announcement at uh, Adepticon with Lost World and you know just going in a little bit of what we can expect for Wild West Exodus also, Stuart. Oh, no, it's, it's it's no problem at all. Um it's it makes it makes us doing what we do uh, easy, yeah, or we can do things more confidently, knowing that it's obviously striking a chord with with people that hobbyists have got an interest in what we're doing, and it's it's gratifying because there's no there's no reason why we should expect that kind of stuff. But yeah, obviously it, there is something about it that, that appeals, and not only that, you know, particularly for people that have been with Wild West Exodus for many years, pr- you know, prior to us taking over, it obviously. We've taken things in a different direction, but it's still, it's still obviously something that that's speaking to people and that they're. Yeah, that it they're excites talking. them. You know, yeah. I, I saw a lot of excitement this weekend. Yeah, that's that's gratifying as well. All right, we will go ahead and get out of here, Stuart, and uh, let you go and get ready to make your trip back to uh, the UK tomorrow. And like I said, we appreciate you being on, and thanks again. Pleasure pleasure as always, chaps. Uh, And uh, yeah, I'll no doubt speak to you again in the future. Okay, we will talk to you later, Stuart. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. All right, guys. Well... That about does all the content we have today for our anniversary birthday episode. But before we got out of here, we wanted to go over a couple things with you guys that is going on in the community, like new sets shipping. They actually should be shipping right now. So we have four new things coming out this month that you guys can go get your hands on. I noticed on... Facebook Dark Council. Some people have gotten them already and are already putting stuff together. And we did just have a little teaser leak today, right, Brian, of one of the posse cards from one of those sets, the Tainted Biology. That is correct. So if you guys missed it, check it out. You can dig for it. Let's go. Let me rewind a little bit. So the new sets we have are we have the Tainted Biology, which is a new hex set. We have, oh boy, help me, Brian, help me. I'm going to screw it up. Bloody Espinosa. Espinosa. It's the Espinosa. I get it. <laughs> I, I like Tom's version better. <laughs> yeah, he covered up the journey. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have uh, legendary Dr. Carpathian which basically is still the same model. They, I think they tweaked it a little bit just to clean up some of the details. And then we also have the Red Oak Bridge Terrain Set, which this set basically, you guys, what it is, is it will link the Red Oak Saloon with the Cat House. So you can have a little bridge going from one to the other to, you know. Or a large 
it actually has two bridges. Two bridges. So there's a small bridge if you want the the two uh, buildings side by side. Okay. And so it's just like just a, it links the two upper uh, deck balconies, but then there's a bigger bridge that actually comes up and over. So it is actually something you could do if you wanted to have them across the street from each other. Oh. You could have a bigger, longer bridge that goes over. So like a vehicle can actually drive okay. under. Under. So it's kind so of like it, those it, old crosswalks you see on that's the That's what streets. I like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like two ways you can link your two buildings. And it, it's actually kind of a neat idea that you, we get two different options to link the two buildings. So, yeah, no, it, it's a neat little set. It comes with lights, too, too I think. Doesn't it come with, yeah, like, gas lights? I believe so. I think it comes with a couple of uh, gas lights that you can uh, also decorate your street. Yeah, I got to get online and put in my order, <laughs> my pre-order. Because yeah, I think it's still on pre-order right now. It is, and so some of the some of your retail stores, if they uh, pre-ordered, some of them have already started receiving these uh, pre-order items, so they can start selling them, you know, tomorrow. Yeah, and I think the cards are officially being released this weekend, which is what the twenty seventh. I think is that they should be up on the uh, the site for the update. Yeah, I think someone was talking to uh, War Cradle today. Uh, Okay, I say someone. Uh, it was his Bytel. He was asking <laughs> when he could see his cards. <laughs> I think I've seen a post from Clay every day of, you know, two more days, one more day. <laughs> yeah. He's had his own little mini countdown. Uh, but they basically told him that it's soon. So it should be probably up tomorrow with the release of the uh, things going from pre order to you know, live in the store. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling we'll see them post up tomorrow. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that the War Cradle gang is just making sure there's no typos or glitches in any of the, the new cards. One thing he did say is there's some new special abilities uh-huh. in these two posses that are, are new to the game. So those are probably the reasons why we didn't see them early is because they're making sure that those, those new mechanics are worded right. Yeah. Especially with a, a update coming soon, too, that's definitely going to include these. So are not going to be 1.09. They will be 1.081. So, obviously, we'll still have the ability to feedback these cards in case there is something that someone sees. Yeah. Like a typo or uh, something that wise just doesn't make any sense. So, someone could look at it, see it, and that way we get a little bit of ability to make a feedback before the 1.09 yep and then on to uh so they've been teasing us with next month's stuff already and some of them i kind of have figured out other ones i don't have any clue so um right they shall be revealed soon oh well we can talk about them a little bit you 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 look like you're excited about them so (laughs) we'll talk about them you look like you're excited about them, so we'll talk about them. <laughs> well, at least the last one. They okay, what's the last one? The last tease was basically the spiked end of one of the chain weapons from the last two Coke models that we've known about because we saw their model early on before any of the Coke were re-released. So it's the chain weapon guys that can like hit you with their chain and then drag you about with them. Uh, so there's a guy and a girl 
pair. And last year when we talked to Stuart, he said they, these two models, were going to be in the Portal Vanguard pods. Now, all of these things that he teased us last summer about subject to minor changes. So it's either going to be the Posse Vanguard Posse for Nura for the order, or they're releasing these two models like they released Oren and Zane. Okay. So like a don't know which pack. because yeah. it's just a picture of one of the two chain weapons. So we're not sure which one it's going to be, but I can't wait until they confirm it. So, <laughs> so in, in about a week, Brian could be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right, so you guys keep an eye open on uh, all that new stuff coming, and uh, like I said, that'll be pretty soon as we're recording. We're just, yeah, about a week out from finding out what the next wave of pre-orders will be. So let's move into, I want to talk about Adepticon, give it a little bit of a wrap-up that was at the beginning of this month. And Adepticon, overall, I would say went very, very well. One of the things that came out of Adepticon, so War Cradle and Stewart, they announced a new sister game. They re- released this news on the Thursday of Adepticon, uh, Lost World Exodus. So this is going to be a new game in the world of the dystopian wars, and it has its own little story. It's going to have different mechanics, and actually, if you guys want to hear more about Lost World Exodus. Uh, me and Brian got together with Stuart at the end of Adepticon weekend, and we talked a little bit about the game and all the ins and outs. And you guys can find that in our uh, our sideshow Ramblin'. It's episode two, and that's in the feed with the the rest of the Black Hoof Saloon episodes. Yeah, we we kind of went in depth with Stuart about some of the mechanics and the uh, just a little bit of how it works and some of the factions and stuff like that uh, to give you a little bit of a sneak peek in that. That's going to be pretty cool. So we're going to see a lot of new stuff uh, in the same world, but a little bit different. It's going to give us a different look into the world that's the dystopian wars. So I'm excited about that. Also at Adepticon, so go over like the booth. So they had their... You know, their, their standard booth, it wasn't the huge one. Uh, it was their basic booth with uh, three tables for demos. And the demo tables were constantly full. So a lot of people would go and do demos in, like, just little groups and then go buy posses after posses. And War Cradle actually sold out of posses on the first day. I actually managed to pick up the new Warrior Nation posse, I think I got the second to the last one they had there. So those the new the two new posses flew off the shelf. So what did they what did they do for the rest of the weekend then? Well they had a lot of the other stock, like so you know, the the previous releases. Uh it's just those those brand new ones were the ones that sold oh, out really gotcha. fast. Because, okay. Because you know, those ones uh I think those ones were this was right before they started shipping those out, actually, too. So if you were at the con, you were you could manage to pick up those new ones. That one, and it was uh, the Edison one, and then they had the Wolves and the Spirit Walkers. You know, they had all the little the add-ons that you would want for those posses. Right. And then, of course, they had the, you know, the exclusive model, which was a kind of a sneak peek into Lost World Exodus, which is the new con exclusive. And 
It's not available in the store right now unless it is actually during a convention. They make it available in the store that you can order it. Or if you're at a show, you can buy it. And what's neat? What's this bottle's name? Oh, don't even. <laughs> don't even. I I know it's 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 a uh, like it's it's a Polish sounding name. So <laughs> say it. Say it. <laughs> no way. <laughs> the first name's easy. It's Jedzia. Okay, Jedzia. I can do that. The last and the one? last name's is tricky. It's um. But Kasiskio. I know there's there is a pronunciation for it. And Kasiasko. We, we probably have it somewhere. But yeah, so that that is the new exclusive model and she's on a tread bike, which is just it's awesome looking. It's really awesome looking. And the neat thing about this is, is it's our first peek into Lost World Exodus, how some of the models will play in both Lost World Exodus and Wild West Exodus. So this model actually has an outlaw card that you can go in the outlaw section and find it. And, you know, she's a mercenary, so you can put her in, you know, the outlaw posses. And she's just nasty looking at her stats, so... She's going to be fun to play with. I'm already trying to decide who to swap out for her just to try her out. But so that was the booth. It was packed. A lot of people were buying in. They were selling out of a lot of stuff. They were constantly just filled up all weekend with people either just discovering the game or checking them out. Uh, A lot of people were giving the Dystopian Wars a play test. Parker was running people through that. And actually, at one point, it was kind of neat to see there were some old school players at Dystopian Wars, you know, and they came by to check it out. And they're kind of like, I don't know. And, you know, after about five minutes talking to Chris Pond, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, this this is the game. They, you know, a lot of people came away from the table with positive expectations for when the game comes out and are really looking forward to that. So that was the booth. And then on Saturday, they had the Gunslinger Tournament. I'm trying to think how many people there were. There was, I want to say, 16 people, minus Tom. Um, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. I couldn't resist it. But actually, so the tournament overall, the atmosphere was a lot of excitement. All the games I had, and from what I could see, everybody was having fun. There was a lot of you know, it, it it didn't feel like a tournament. It didn't feel like I got to win, I got to win. It felt like let's get together, have some fun, and play games. And it, it was a lot of fun. I didn't fare as well as I would have liked. Uh, sometimes the dice were very wishy-washy. Um, I did win. Well, I can't say I win all, won all my games. Technically... I won two of the games. We played like three rounds, and the other one I tied. And I made mistakes, you know. That's the thing about if anybody is kind of hesitant about doing a tournament, let me tell you, it's the best way to learn the game. Because if you do make mistakes, you are going to remember those mistakes. But, yeah, it it was a lot of fun. You know, they put on a real good tournament for all the, the community members. So if you guys get an opportunity to play in a tournament, do because it's a lot of fun and they had the tables just 
filled up with all the red oak buildings. So that was a lot of fun. And then Saturday night, so in our last episode, I got on here with some of my local players in the Chicagoland area. We put on a free event for the community members that were there, and we did what we were calling WW Drinksitis event, in which we came up with a scenario that involved Old Man Jenkins and his moonshine still, and you got drink tokens that broke the rules of all the games, and I actually still have yet to put up the scenario, but you know what? I think after talking about it now on the show, I'm going to have to put it up. Uh, everybody that came out to that Saturday night had a lot of fun with it. And, um, yeah, it was very positive feedback overall community through the whole weekend. And um, if you guys get the chance to attend a con where they're doing events and stuff, definitely go to it. The community is really, really good for our game. Got to meet a lot of lot of listeners, which was cool to meet them face-to-face. Uh, like, Tom, we were talking about how at PAX, you know, you had somebody come up to you and just say, hey, Tom, and, you know, you didn't know who these people were, but they knew who you were just based on your voice. I had that happen in the tournament. So I got paired up with uh, a player. Uh, it was Neil who is, uh, Neil, he's he's up in, uh, like, the Minnesota area. Yeah, he's in the Minnesota area. Oh, yeah, Neil. And I was, you know, we just started chatting, and he goes, wait a minute. He's like, you know, somebody said my name, and he asked, oh, from, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, I thought I recognized the voice. And it was just, it was weird that people know <laughs> us just by our voices. And I'm like, oh, right. boy, I got to talk proper now. <laughs> well, you know, they'll be they'll be able to recognize you by your inability to pronounce things. Well, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure I did plenty of that. But yeah, so we got to meet a bunch of uh the community members that we've met before, like uh so we, you know, I got to see Jan, we got to see Mike again, Parker. I met some guys I never met before, like Benji, it was the first time I met him, Neil, Ian. Uh, Dingo was there again with his buddy Anthony, which it was always fun to see them. They were doing a bunch of open play. But, yeah, I mean, it's not much more to say other than that it was a really good weekend. I was glad to meet a lot of people and chat and, you know, just talk about Wild West Exodus. Of course, like many conventions, there's never enough time. We wanted to do more open play, but, you know, it's just it's so crazy at conventions. And this was a typical crazy convention, so... That was Adepticon 2019, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And I actually, while I was there, I did get to talk to a couple of people. So I will uh, go ahead and put these little interview bits in here, and you guys can uh, take a listen. All right, guys, this is Eric with Black Cliff Saloon, and I am here with Chris Pond at Adepticon. Chris, how is Adepticon going? What do you guys uh, think overall of Adepticon? Well, this this is my first Adepticon, and I wasn't really sure what to expect. I knew it was really heavily miniatures-based and, um, and wargaming rather than something like Gen Con, which is, um, I mean, it's every game, isn't it, Gen Con? Yeah. But it, it's, at the moment, dominated by board games because you know There's that's so that's what's hot right Gen now. Con. Uh, so yeah, this is a real breath of fresh air just to see everybody really focused on miniature gaming um, it, 
you know, the retail area, the kind of the, the exhibitor area is quite small compared yeah. to the gaming hall. And actually, um, it's not just about buying stuff, it's actually about coming and playing games, which is great. And we've had a real, um, you know, we've been jam-packed on demo tables. You guys have actually the whole, run out of stuff. Yeah, in, yeah, in we're running out some of the stock, the sales have been amazing. Uh, people are really getting involved in playing the games, and you know we've yet to even have the the busiest day, which is tomorrow. Yeah, so yeah. once that's hit, I think I mean I'm going to be running the tournament, so I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I've got an easy day tomorrow, uh, but you know the rest of the guys are going to be right up against it. I think, yeah, which is yeah. great. Okay, okay. Uh, I have a quick question for you. Sure. So since I got you on the show, I always got to ask people uh, some some goofy questions. So. Uh, <laughs> question about hats are you a stetson guy or a 10 gallon guy i i, I can't wear hats you can't like wear i hats. can't wear a hat no, no hat looks good on me whether it's a baseball <laughs> cap nothing it's horrible well I, you know maybe then you go so, with the so ten. the yeah 10 gallon you know it's got to be if it's if i'm going to wear one it's got to be a big one all right all right cool so all right well thank you chris uh hopefully you guys have a, a rest of the weekend's really good and uh, i'll see you in the tournament i'm expecting it to be a lot of fun i'm expecting you to win (laughs) i don't know about that (laughs) thanks chris cheers eric all right i grabbed daz at the war cradle booth uh daz this is like what your third time here at adepticon um i'd say it's my second as the second time i was here i was in my hotel room after a car crash so i didn't get to see much of adepticon well let's keep our fingers crossed i suppose timeline this this is my third yes okay Uh, so it's hard for me to ask you what do you think of Adepticon but what do you think of it this year so far it's a little bit bigger this year I love it absolutely love it Um, it's for me it's it's more about getting to meet people yeah so I I love meeting people that you get to see online and you get those chats going but meeting people in person is is a wonderful thing yeah and this one's been really special because obviously Exodus has built and built and built over the years so this one we're seeing old friends come back but I think the amount of new players we've had has, has, has outweighed anything that we've done before. So this has yeah. been awesome. Yeah, I've seen a lot of groups of guys, you know, whether in clubs or, you know, they're yeah. from another state and they just yep. come together really jumping into the game. I mean, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen a lot of people walking away with handfuls of yeah. boxes. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's day two and we've, we've started selling out of stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's pretty cool. That's not a bad problem. It's not a bad problem. But while I think about it, another reason I'm enjoying this year is this is the first year that I've been here as our official studio painter. So yeah, for me, right. that's been really humbling. So a lot of people have been commenting on my work, which I always think substandard anyway. Are you, have you been giving tips out then? Oh, dude. Um, what I love the most is just you know cracking the egg open for people. So what they think is something really difficult to do, it's not. And just showing a few tips, even just a few pointers, they're going to go home and be able to replicate that. So, I, you know, for me, being a studio painter, that's one thing. Yeah. But helping everybody else get better, that's what it's all about for me. And you're still kind of overseeing the, the demo tables here this weekend. and That's been hard, dude. Yeah. That's been really, You've been, you've been really wanting hard. to jump in there, haven't I you? I have. I have. But once again... This is the first year for me where I've seen the, the you know, the, the, the spirit of what the war host is really all about. And I've had to give up my kind of throne. <laughs> you know, I, I'm king of the dancing monkeys, but it's been nice to let other people kind of do that. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's been difficult. I've wanted to dive in, but it's not that the guys are doing anything wrong. It's the fact that it's, you know, you've, sometimes you've got to let the kids 
you got to let the kids free and let yeah. them do what they do. So that's been difficult, but I've, um, you know, the guys here have been fantastic. All right, very good, very good. Thank you, Daz. Not a problem, buddy. Anytime. Okay, I'm here with Parker from the Battle Hammer at the War Cradle booth, who's doing dystopian war demos today. Uh, how's that going, Parker? Ahoy, hoy! <laughs> it's going very well. I'm actually finding it very easy to run demos for this because once people get hold of the rules, they pretty much just know how to play. Okay. There's very little in the way of special rules for this and special rules for that. Okay. Um, a lot of stuff's on cards, I've got custom dice, so it just makes things a little bit easier for me, which is nice. You know? <laughs> I always find when I'm running for uh, Wild West Exodus, I always forget to tell them that really important rule. And it just completely slips my I, mind. I do the same thing too. Yeah. I do that when I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, Adepticon, this is your first Adepticon. What, is. Do you, what do you think of it? Like I, compared to Gen Con? I actually think I like it more. Uh, Gen Con is so big. Yeah. Like it, you just can't get around it in time. You can't see everything. There's so much to see. Like you don't really want to have a demo of a game because there's always something else around the corner. Yeah. Uh, whereas for this, I think if, as a even as a even as running demos, I feel like I can go over there and do some shopping. I can go over there and check a game out. You know, I've, I've found that if people want demos, they don't mind playing for a little while. Um, I found at, at Gen Con sometimes, I'd be like, do you want to get a demo? It's like, no, I've got too much to do. I can't have a demo. Yeah. I'm only here for a day and then I'm off. Whereas here, everyone seems a bit more relaxed. And also, everyone's miniature gamers. You don't come across people who go, oh, what's this? Are you rolling dice for a thing? Yeah, yeah, it's not a board game. It's not a role-playing game. It's not a jigsaw puzzle thing. It's a, it's a miniatures game, and everyone knows what that means, which is, makes things a lot easier for me and, and obviously the rest of the crew. Yeah, yeah. So have you walked around any of the actual tournaments and stuff and looked at everything? I've had a little scan. I, ha I think hopefully to tomorrow, next day, I'm going to have a proper walk up and down the aisles because the tables look great. Yeah. Uh, we had a tournament in the UK a little while ago for 40k. It was one of the, like, the nationals or something. And they just had polystyrene blocks of terrain everywhere. But here, like, all the tables seem to have a lot of work put into them. Yeah. There's a, a bolt action table with like a proper cornfield and individual corn stalks and stuff. It looks amazing, uh, which is really great. Great to see. Okay. And I've met probably 90% of my internet, uh, internet <laughs> nerds that I really wanted to meet. To see yourself, people, painters who I follow online like Kenny Boucher and uh, Vince Venturella. Um, the only uh, uh, Mel the Terrain shooter I saw, got to shake his hand. Um, Sam Lenz and people like that. I'm, I'm just after Scott the Miniature Maniac and I'll, I'll have my full internet like YouTube list done. Uh, because it's a bit smaller, you actually do see people you get rather see than people. Gen Con's just like, ah. Yeah, you lose, you lose yourself in there. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing and it's not a bad thing. I mean, for people at home in the UK who might be listening to this, the main hall for Adepticon is about the same size as Salute, okay. uh, which is like one of the biggest things in the UK but they don't have all the tournament tables. And okay. it's not four days long. Yeah. So you just walk, walk around once, buy all your stuff and go. You're done. Yeah. All right. But well, this is awesome. Thank you, Parker. Uh, thank you. We'll see you a little bit later today. Yeah, baby. Throughout the week. And this is only day two. We still oh, got two more. It's only day two, and I already am in pain just below the knees. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I'm here with community member Benji, and we just finished up the tournament and our open play, and I wanted to ask Benji what he thought about Adepticon overall and kind of the community, how he sees everything went this weekend. Uh, it was incredible. 
lots of uh, good vibes, lots of great discussions, and lots of great games. Um, we really had a solid turnout for both events. Yeah, we had a fantastic turnout. And a fantastic amount of each faction. We didn't, we didn't miss a faction. We weren't overpowered by one faction, which made it really nice, which allowed us to uh, not face that one faction all day. Well, it shows really how even the game is, you know, how fantastic the game is balanced. And, I mean, there are still some things, you know, that we can work on. But, I mean, it's still, it's a very balanced game. It's a fun game. Yeah, and even more, your list is yours. You want your flavor. Um, There's even one player who ran a similar list to me, and he had a couple named characters. And, you know, everything I've been talking about, you know, it was different enough that he had his own experience. So... It was yeah. really nice that way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what do you think of community overall? Um, we got a good community. You know, what, what I'm going to say about the community is it's growing, it's embracing, it's very, we want to play games, we want to have fun, we want to share ideas. So that was fantastic. Everybody wants to be happy. It's a very passionate community. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, short, uh, short amount of time, you know, we had together, lots of great friendships were made. Yes. Even drove down here to find a guy who lives within 20 miles of myself. Yeah, so. that's crazy. That's crazy. I forgot. Yeah, you yeah. you met a, a player that's local to you. Yeah. So even talking to uh, the guys at the booth. I mean, everything is is good. You know, not to say everything is awesome. You know, because songs can get in everyone's head, but it's really solid to see a lot of great people playing a great game. Definitely, definitely. Okay, one last question for you, Benji, before you go, because I have yet to ask you this. Are you a Stetson or 10-gallon? Uh, Stetson. Stetson. All right, there we go. we got another Stetson guy. Thank you, Benji, for giving us your little bit of input on the uh, Adepticon. I'm glad you had some fun this weekend. Yeah, thank you for running that open event, and it was nice to have the competitive and the fun. Right. Uh, it was very fun. Definitely, definitely. I think there's going to be more to come. So yeah, Absolutely. All right, thanks, guys. All right, in other little tidbits to mention, so Brian had a guest appearance. Brian's going worldwide, and he appeared on a... I don't know if it's worldwide. Well... It's still still here in America. (laughs) (laughs) He appeared on another podcast, Third Floor Wars podcast, and this podcast, uh, the host Craig basically has guests on there and they tell him why he should be playing a certain game so brian was a guest on that and was telling craig why he should be playing wild west exodus and uh you were also on there with paul uh from three men in a war game and do you guys think do you think you convinced craig into playing wild west exodus because i know you mentioned a certain posse and he about lost his lid (laughs) so the way that they're the that podcast definitely go take a listen to it. It's actually pretty funny. We're me and Paul are basically tag teaming different questions that that go over you know aspects of the game. At one point we're we're in a gap, you know. So and he did he 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 separated the questions with time gaps. So for editing purposes, and in one of the gaps we just happened to be chatting again while he's setting up for the next section, and. Uh, it's not recording at this point. <laughs> and I mentioned the, uh, the wayward eight and then Paul kind of said, Oh yeah. Cause that's, that's that after the firefight uh, crew. And 
And Craig's like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's like, what? There's a firefighter glue? And then Paul's like, oh, yeah, they're awesome. He goes, well, you should have led with that. <laughs> that didn't get me in the game. So he goes, okay, well, that wasn't recorded. You're going to have to redo this talk conversations we actually had to redo that whole intro of the wayward eight <laughs> because he was he was like there's a what <laughs> i think that posse right there gets a lot of people into the game <laughs> i will admit brian i so when i listened to it 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 was like same old brian listen to same old brian and uh you know <laughs> you going on and on but it just it felt weird i was like wait a second that's our brian what's he over there for <laughs> right okay so the hardest part was because it was such a uh taking turns kind of thing and you know it, those of the, the listeners of our podcast we, we kind of talk over each other so there was a lot of things unsaid <laughs> that I'm like I needed to say but didn't have the time and he moved on <laughs> especially when hey, we're talking about fluff cause... no no man you're the guest you talk over them that's just the way it works <laughs> right you do it your way see I, I just can edit and delete you guys <laughs> <laughs> Damn, no I don't powers. do that <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so if you guys want to give a listen, especially if you guys are kind of on the fence about playing Wild West Exodus, it's a good show that maybe if you guys listen to it, you'll see why, you know, so many of us just love the game. But uh, well, check wait, that out. Wait a minute. If, if someone's on the fence about playing Wild West Exodus, oh boy, why are they listening to us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Wow. <laughs> One one episode, one episode. He's... On the fence. If you have a friend who's on the fence, have him give a list. Yes. <laughs> that better, Donald. <laughs> I feel better now. Thank you. All right. So I didn't mention earlier the other big thing that we have, and I know you guys have probably been waiting for it, and we've been plugging it for the episodes now. We had a contest. And we wanted to end this contest on our anniversary episode. And the contest, we were giving away a saloon, a Red Oak saloon. And the contest was to submit a story, a short story, you know, have the the saloon in it. And then we also had the rules of working our our tropes into it. And the tropes, so a lot of people weren't sure where to find those and the like I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, every episode I put in our, uh, some of our outtakes that I just I cut out of the show because they're just us losing it. And I this was one particular outtake from our very first episode where we, we mentioned the tropes of a saloon. And we more or less each one of us claimed one of them. And I'm sorry, Tom, but you kind of <laughs> you kind of asked for the the trope of the. The, the madame of the saloon, even though you didn't say madame? Well, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> Through all these stories, everyone just sort of ran with the same idea there. You know, the madame just being the person who 
runs the girls, right? You know, could have been anything. It's kind of like the pimp, <laughs> you know. But no, apparently, no. Apparently, in every story, I'm a transvestite, and <laughs> nothing wrong okay, with that. Well, no. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. It was actually pretty funny, but <laughs> but I was like, I was like, damn, not a single one do I get to play the pimp hand. He wanted to be super fly. That's <laughs> what it was. <laughs> I totally did, or at least Huggy Bear. Jeez. <laughs> So yeah, we had we had many entries, which were they were all great. We really loved lots of the bits and pieces, and you know how you guys were creative. Um, do you guys want to discuss our winner a little bit, or do, should we just announce who the winner is? Um, I mean, we had long well, discussions of these before we actually started recording. So we did, we did. I'm like, I'm like, what, what do we want to discuss? <laughs> I mean, I had a hard time picking just one. I had it narrowed down, and until the three of us actually got together and started talking about them, uh, did I actually make up my mind? Um, and like I said, they're all very creative, and we loved them. I think you guys did a great job. Um, I'd love to see some of these continued. You know, we actually said that whoever the winner was, we were going to read and do something special with. So. Right. So the, the, the funniest thing is, as we were talking, it was like we, we kind of evolved to the, the winner. And we literally, all three of us at the same time, was like, uh, I could totally read this as a novel. Like this, this story was like a, a prologue to a larger story. Yes. And we all three were like, yeah, I, I'm actually, I'm left at the end of this, this short story, wanting to know where it goes from there. And, um, that's basically what secured him. Number one. I mean, he followed the rules. He, he has us in tropes. I, I also thought it was one of the cleverer ways of introducing us each of us. We had our own moment in the story and it, it was, it was actually, I thought, well, we're all implemented. You know, it was, it was cute. The dialogue was really good. Uh, it was just overall a really good story. Not to take away from the other, because I liked all of them, but we still have to pick a one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, we really had to start nitpicking at them a little bit to be like, well... It was hard. You know, it was so you know, hard to pick one. You have to you have to kind of... You have to get down to one. So, um, you know, I, like you said, I think the dialogue was, was a big part of that. I think the the dialogue on this one was pretty well written. It, it hit everything. The pacing was pretty good. So I'm I'm looking forward to us doing what we do with it. Uh, we've we've had we've had we've had some discussions on how to pre- on presentation, but um... <laughs> Tom wants to do a robot chicken video. <laughs> Come on. I think that I think that'll work the best for it. That'll be awesome. So, Let's Brian, do who, it. Brian, who was the winner? Name the winner. They're they're probably dying. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> did he put a title on that on his story? Oh, Let me check. I don't think there was a title on it. There was there was no title. It was just here's my story. Okay, so there's no title. So I'm gonna I'm gonna title it the morning after. I don't know about that. That that sounds like a pill. <laughs> sounds <What>? like a pill. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So there, there's not a title. Yeah, he, he didn't, didn't label it. Now, mind you, 
he can come up with one uh, later if he wants, or yeah, if he comes up with something better. Uh, the, the, ti- the title is when he writes the rest of the novel that this prologue goes with. That's true. <laughs> this title is um, Prologue. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, just out on this story we discuss is that uh, for winning this, this award, this uh, author is going to have to go and write the novel now to, to, <laughs> to, to continue the story and develop it further. Right. So, so, so the author of this, I mean, really, a really well-written short story, his name is Benji. Yay, Benji! <laughs> his last name is, uh, I'm going to let Eric pronounce. It's uh, Grosek. He told me I was saying it right last time, so. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 unless I screwed it up and I don't know, but he'll let me know. Say, I know that for sure. Is that the same way you said it last time? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> so the Benji story uh, basically is an intro story. It's, it's a, a good short story because it, it talks about the characters. It kind of intros. There's good characterization but it leaves the story untold, but tells the story. Yeah, it it, want, it, it, it makes you want more, <laughs> you know I mean? basically. Right. It, 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 it's a perfect short story with a hook at the end that you, you, you're interested in. Yeah, it, it, t- it tells a little bit of a backstory from, from the perspective of uh, someone being told what happened to them the night before. Oh, um, right. You know, and, and so... By doing that, it starts, you know, going into all the different characters and uh, what's going on within this story. And really, the story, like we said, ends up really being what seems like a prologue to what would be a novel, which which is kind of cool. Yeah, my my favorite part, like you mentioned, we've mentioned before, is the dialogue. The dialogue really, I thought, fit the characters in the story. It it really kind of shed light on who that character was and, you know, basically how they acted and, you know, just their, the dialogue captured the characteristics of that character. I thought very well. Well, especially since the characters in the story, uh, the main characters of the story have, have been in novels already in the Walvis Exodus fluff. So it was actually really well, drafted the again the you capture the personality of the characters who who are are larger in life I mean, we've already talked about the 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 posse that the story's uh characters are from but it, it it's just really well done uh so you know golf clap to benji yeah. it's really good you've got three fans of your uh writing piece <laughs> uh, i'm sure you'll get many more after we um you know, put your put your uh, story out there yeah. and see so, where. So we want to. What we want to do is we're going to go ahead and and post up Benji's short story on on the Facebook page. And uh, like we said before, we'll try. It. We're going to brainstorm and do something on the side, like a side extra bonus type thing. Uh, we're going to find some people that can read well, uh, possibly not me. <laughs> <laughs> and and do something with it and add some some sound effects just, and all that. You're just gonna read Jake's spots. Okay, I can handle that. 
<laughs> Come on, Eric. You read very well. You just don't enunciate. I don't enunciate. Or pronunciate. Well, Either or. One is saying it. One is saying it right, and the other one's saying it clear. That's, that's because I'm I'm too much of a a hick. <laughs> but anyway, congratulations, Benji. You you did a great job. We will get in touch with you and uh, get your address and all that type of stuff, and we can uh, send you out a brand new Red Oak Saloon for your games and tabletop. I I mean I saw that you're probably going to need it. You're starting to run events up by you. And, uh, yeah, congratulations. And, and just because the box says Red Oak Saloon, you know it's really the Black, the black uh, Hoof Saloon. That's, so. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to see pictures when it's built, Benji. So, <laughs> Brian, what are you doing? I'm in my cell phone case. gross. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different look for him. He's not working on models. Yeah, he's like he's just like blowing on a case. He's like ha ha. I would give Benji a yeehaw, but I don't think I can do a good yeehaw. Do a good yeehaw. I'm more of a yip yip guy. Brian, give us a yeehaw. Yeehaw. There we go. That that's there's that one for you, one. Benji. Like that was a good one. Nice. <laughs> All right, guys. Why don't you say we? Uh, Wrap up the show and get out of here. Episode 12 is done. I think we filled the show up with a lot of stuff for people to listen to. Just a reminder, you guys can check us out on all the different interweb sites like Facebook. Go out to our Facebook page. You can send us an email at the Gmail. Uh, We're also on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find us on our YouTube channel where you can actually watch listen to the episodes there and we have some other videos too from the different conventions and uh, stuff like that that you can check out feel free like i said send us an email with any ideas for future shows or you know discussion topics or questions we can throw questions in a hat and have a segment where we just pick some random questions so don't be recalcitrant. Just oh. send those right in. <laughs> so thank you guys for listening to us for 12 episodes throughout the last year. And we also want to give a shout-out thank you to all the, the special guests we had on the different episodes, like Max Stewart. We had some of the local players to meet, Chris and Sean. And, uh, yeah, Thank you guys for listening and making us want to keep doing it. So this is Eric. Take it easy. See you on the trails, boys. Good night. And remember to always ride with the sun at your back and always roll those big crits, guys. We will talk to you later. Thanks, guys. I was waiting for you to start singing happy birthday again, Tom. (laughs) Which one? Do you want like a regular happy birthday or like a Marilyn Monroe happy birthday? Uh, I don't know if I want a Marilyn Monroe. That might just enforce <laughs> enforce the idea of you uh, cross-dressing. To you, happy birthday. To you, happy birthday, Black Hoof Saloon. Happy birthday to you. I hope you did. Yeah! <laughs>
There, I got a, I got a good outtake right there for the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> oh. All right. Thanks for stopping by the Black Hoof Saloon, y'all. We hope you enjoyed your visit. Feel free to get a hold of us with comments or questions via the interweb and shoot us a telegraph at blackhoofsaloon at gmail.com or find us on the Facebook at Blackhoof WWX Podcast. Music provided for use by Ross Bugden and can be found at one of his YouTube channels, Ross Bugden Music or Ross Bugden Composer. Until your next visit, Ride with the sun at your back, and always roll those crits. Well, Brian, you think we could do something with all this? Yeah, we can do it. All right. And if we can't, we can't. But let's let's see what we get. Yeah, we'll go ahead and try. Maybe we can get something decent out. All right. So Tom, Tom, Tom proved he can bullshit. Let's go. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I feel so good. <laughs> Is that our first outtake? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him for his lasso, actually, more than anything, more than anything else, um, because I'm using a judgment. Uh, I could use Jed to pull guys in towards the judgment, so kind of range him out in front a little bit, yeah. and then the judgment uses its own to pull guys in and then just kill them. <laughs> incarcerate. Yes, incarcerate. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, the with the wayward eight and they were kind of and the guy wakes up drunk as cooter brown and the rest of the team are teasing him about what he got into the night before yeah he was hitting on you tom <laughs> yeah no <laughs> i just thought it was a clever way of you know talking about the bar talking about each one of us <laughs> it's now 106 pages Fun, uh, funny <laughs> funny side story uh so <laughs> i'm getting us off the rails here actually uh i was looking on green stuff's website at uh like different uh basing type stuff and they had little resin things you could get to add to the base guess what i saw in there brian i saw books i saw big books for that Tom Miniature. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. I'm going to take one of my extra figures. I'm going to make a Tom, Tom Wild West model yet. <laughs> anyway, okay, I got us off the rail. Uh, <laughs> you know what? They're going to have to make, they're gonna have to make a, a Black Hoof Saloon posse. <laughs>
<laughs> we just have one of the models sitting at a bo- at the uh, uh, at the piano. Yep, someone's just sitting on the yeah. piano. You have you have like like a he she like leaning on a railing, <laughs> like <laughs> crooked wig, shaving <laughs> <laughs> at a mirror. <laughs> that would be awesome, the bearded lady. <laughs> oh God! Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what was it? Was it Benji? So. His version of you in there, yes, you were cross-dressing, but you were undercover. So you were like Kevin Klein in Wild Wild West. <laughs> yeah, that's why I liked it, because it wasn't just straight up, he likes to wear dresses. It was like, <laughs> he, he was undercover. No, and that, that's, uh, that's, that's kind of funny. I liked that a lot, because we talked about that uh, at one point, Brian, because we were joking around about I, that. Way back when we when you first got the Jed thing, I was like, "Oh man, I want to be your I want to be your hired goon sidekick." Right. <laughs> and, and then like, and then that happened, and I was like, "Oh man, just have him like running along, like ripping off the dress, trying to back you up." <laughs> I'm coming, damn it! I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming, damn it! I can't run in this skirt. <laughs> Doing it. <laughs> Yeah. So we're basically gonna do a robot chicken thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think I think that's the way to do this. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow. Yes, I'm in. I'm 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 all in on that. <laughs> all right. You know what? I'm gonna circle it. Benji's. Circle it, Benji. Benji, you won. We're making a robot chicken out of your story. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey Tom, since we're not yeah. really talking show, I need you to say, what's the word that everybody uses on Facebook to cover up something that's secret? Redacted? Redacted? Yeah. I need you to say that a couple times and give me a machine gun redacted. Redacted? Redacted? Redacted, 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 cool. and redacted. <laughs> Redact this. Redact that. You're redacted. I think that will work. Okay. <laughs> he just opened <laughs> up, and so went... you should you should start you should start off with a disclaimer. Be like you know, uh, you know, because Brian is so pushy in trying <laughs> to get his information out of Stewart and Stewart is not a recalcitrant ch- a chap we've had to redact much of the much of this uh this interview <laughs> you know what i think i'm going to actually take that little bit at the end and put it in there where i cut it still amazes me when i get messages like that that are like from there or <laughs> You know, we've gotten them from Australia, and I'm just like, holy, somebody from across the world is listening to us babble. Right. Great. So now the whole world knows what an idiot I am. That's fantastic. (laughs) I was teasing Mary uh, at Adepticon. Uh, She was giving me, oh, all these people are going to be talking to you, blah, 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 fans. I. And at the end of the weekend, I told her, I was like, yeah, I gave some autographs. <laughs> She's like, what? Shut up. I said, yeah, I signed somebody's chest. They're going to get it tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 